Real Nerds is a proud partner of the Denver Podcast Network. In the shadow of the mountains, we, we speak. speak. Coming to you from the X-Access, it's John of All Trades with your host, John X. Welcome, welcome, welcome to this John of All Trades podcast promo. Each Wednesday, I bring you a brand new interview with someone fascinating and ask the question we all ask when we meet someone new. Hey, what do you do? It's fun, informative, and it's the 2017 Westward Reader's Choice Award winner for Best Denver Podcast, iTunes, Stitcher, and johnofalltrades.us. Oh, hi, podcast listeners. There's many ways you can listen to the Real Nerds podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes. You can also subscribe on Stitcher Radio. You want to send us a Twitter message? You can do that. It's so easy, at Real Nerds. Like us on Facebook, Real Nerds Podcast. You can visit our website, realnerdspodcast.com, where there will be a lot of articles for you to not only read, but to listen to our previous shows. You can also call us, 720-6Nerds5. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. Hi, this is Ed Kramer, CGI artist from Industrial Light and Magic. I worked on the Scarabs from The Mummy, the Rock Monster from Galaxy Quest, and you are listening to The Real Nerds Podcast. Welcome to Real Nerds Podcast, unofficially the official podcast of Denver Pop Culture Con 2020 and beyond. Look, and look at Zach showing his pride. Showing oh. my pride? Man, that's a loose shirt, sir. Yeah, I know. Yeah, no, I'm talking about your douche flute. Wait, oh, it's my vape. It's charging because I don't want to smoke cigarettes anymore. We're 10 seconds into the show. I have... Well shit all over the Ryan is correct, though. It is no better for me than the cigarettes, but... Uh, do you it, do it less often than the cigarettes? I do less often than the cigarettes. So, I mean, it's just heated up chemicals that you're putting in your lungs. Is but it cheaper? So is cigarettes. <laughs> so, so is this Diet so Mountain Dew, except for the heat. <laughs> technical. Anyways, uh, we're doing something special this week that we have never done in the history of this podcast. It's been going on for a very long time. Wait, we've uh, never done this before? Ever. You've never done this before. Oh, no, wait. That's no, I'm, right. I'm talking about the redo, Zach. Okay, Why do you go. fucking interrupt me? Like, I don't know what I'm doing. I've been on almost 400 of these. Because I want your love. <laughs> this is why they take long, James, by the way. <laughs> I if know. People would stop this fucking is why I said me, something. If people would stop interrupting me and let me get through the opening of this fucking show, then we could continue. But no, let me tell you something, too. Okay. <laughs> Ten. Nine. Eight. Just, just start reading off your movies, and we'll get done really fast. So when I uh, point to you, say your movie. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, in the very early years of Real Nerds podcast, in February of 2012, when it was just three of us, when I turned 21. Oh uh, wow, man! 
you're legal uh, to listen to this podcast <laughs> yes. finally. Yes. Um, it was just Brad, James, and I did our favorite films from 1999. But now it is the 10th year anniversary of a 20th anniversary of 1999. Holy shnikes. And uh, so we're going to redo our lists. Um, some films on mine have stayed the same. Some have changed. I've reordered things a little bit. And I've learned after listening to the earlier episodes that uh, I've actually become a better podcaster and a better fan of films. I don't like calling myself a critic because I don't think I fit into that mold because I also we also have this long staying things that we will see movies and judge them after we see them instead of um, just judging films before we see them. So I don't like to think of myself as a critic. I like to think of myself as a film fan, and then I explain why I like films to people. Mm -hmm. um, so we are going to do our new, redone top t films of 1999. So to my left, we have... James. And... Zach. And... Brad. And... Corinne. All of the real nerds in-house, except for Henry. He's still in New York being but, pretentious. But he did send a top five. He did, and I... Thanks, Henry. Yeah. Another reason for redoing this is it allows our new... Uh, nerds to get in on the year that we did. Yeah, exactly. Then. Because um, here's a quirk with iTunes is they don't let you go back. They don't let you go back 300 episodes. Yep. So uh, our episodes end at 70 something. Um, That's why you should just buy Android. Yeah. Or you should just because if you just catch a regular RSS feed, I can go back to the beginning. Or go on the website, right? Well, for some oh, reason, our true. website won't play it. I tried it today. That's because. Uh, on the old architecture, the the episodes were like blog posts mm. that didn't have a oh, yeah. MP3 player built into it. So eventually, I have to go back to all the old episodes and convert them into episode posts huh. and relink everything. So wow, um, we've been doing this so long. Yeah, remember we just had a Tumblr account. Yeah, holy crap! Remember when fun. Tumblr existed? It still does. It's still there. I don't know how to log into it, though. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But now it's not for porn anymore. So what Yay. the fuck is it for? <laughs> I, for misspelling words? What, where's the E in Tumblr? That's all I'm asking. <laughs> it's hip and trendy if you leave out some of the vowels. That is true. Please have a stand-up career just so you can make that joke. Where's the a E in Tumblr? <laughs> yes. What, buddy? Only if you finish your vegetables. <laughs> no. Don't talk back to me. <laughs> yeah, he's like no, no. no. He's doing commercials uh, for it already. By the way, happy, there's no vegetables happy in the birthday, Brad. household. Hey, thanks. Happy, happy birthday, birthday, Brad. Cool. You're older. <laughs> a year wiser. I know. So, uh, what did you see this week? What did I see this week? This is a lead into like, oh yeah, we saw Star Trek. The first oh yeah, I, I just screened Star Trek: First Contact in a theater, probably for the first time anywhere in like 20 years. Cool. <laughs> so yeah. actually, it's 96, so it'd be 23. Mm. He was 23 years old. Yeah. It was cool. Um, that movie's awesome. Yeah, I wish I could have made is. it. The problem is right now um, at my job, we're so busy that um, I get no nothing but a bunch of uh, unsavory people that keep me at work for hours. Why is there so much Ryan, crime in Idaho Springs? I got an idea, Brian. Why don't you just do your job and arrest all the bad people so that you don't have to do your job anymore? <laughs> <laughs> well... The problem is, is so if I arrest somebody, yeah, that I actually give myself more work because I have to take away their rights, and then I have to explain why I took away their rights, yeah, and I have to transport them. So and just do them all at once. Just go <laughs> house to house and just pick and people get up. 
All Some of them. Minority Report. Are there human-sized dog cages that you can load into your? <laughs> yeah, in the back of my patrol car. <laughs> yeah. There's a place where I put people where I arrest just, them. Yeah. Just take them. Oh, like to actual Denver, cage. Yeah. yeah. Bronco Stadium, and just put everybody in there in a bunch of. Yeah, you're gonna need. Cages. You're gonna need more space in the back of your patrol car. You're yeah. gonna need like a. Just leave all the cages in the park. Yeah. And then, you need like you know, a U-Haul. Yeah. So to answer your question, foot U-Haul. There, there really isn't that much crime in Idaho Springs proper from citizens of Idaho Springs. Mm-hmm. Uh, the problem is, is people stop there on their way to the mountains because it's the first city. And so... I know what to do. What's that? Build a wall. Oh, yeah. So then I'll have to arrest them for jumping over the wall. Yeah, that'd be great. No, if you build a wall, no one can get in Idaho oh, Springs. Right. Come on. I never thought yeah. about that. Walls have How never been penetrated work, ever. <laughs> that is so true. But yeah. Oh, yeah? Oh. Kellen can kapow through, through yeah. the wall. Kellen did not exist when we first did Film Explosion in 1999. How come nobody told Trump that Kellen could kapow well, through the wall? Well, he was there, but he was in your balls. <laughs> yes, that's right. He <laughs> was, he, he was released this. two years later. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> 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 uh, the funniest thing James has ever said. <laughs> Anyway, cool. Right, cool. What do we do on this film explosion? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What are we doing? Um, we are already off. So the we'll, we will count down our ten favorite films from 1999. Yeah, a good year. A, yeah, that's all right. A great not year. As good Pretty as damn 89. good year. Eh. <laughs> I, I, I'm not that There's impressed with it. There's a lot of it. dramas that came out in '99. Not a lot else. Uh, uh, we avoided Y2K. It was kind of the last <laughs> time. I that, gotta tell yeah, you, woof. Y2K was a big deal. Yes, it was. We were worried. <laughs> it was kind of a year where Hollywood, th- like thanks to episode one, really started to get more into blockbusters, and the mid-range budget movies started to decline. Totally. Mm-hmm. So, agreed. Yeah, and, and, and theaters started ex- expanding and getting like more stadium seating. Which, by the way, Stranger Things season three, the it's theater so now fucking good. Wait, what? The, it's stadium seating in that th- in that theater in the mall. Which in yeah. the eighties, they did they have stadium seating? I don't think so. Probably not. I remember Denver West being one of the first ones. Yeah. Yeah. But Denver West was or, like, or it, or it could came be around like 97? 97. I, I saw Especially in a mall. In the 90s, it was not that way. In a mall, no. they did not have stadium season. Yeah, season. I think so. No. you know. Now I got to go back and rewatch that amazing season <laughs> just to see that season. Don't spoil it for me. I haven't seen it. It's really good. Yep. It exists. Cool. So I, I've seen like three episodes. It's good. <laughs> it's really good. I like Stranger Things. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, 99 was a good year. Yeah, it's all right. Pretty wonderful. Yeah, it's Not right. as good as 89. No. I was a junior in high school. Yep. We'll talk about it. I was a senior. I was eight years old. I was eight I would, years old. I would ditch Jim and go to the movies. <laughs> oh, hey, Ryan, do you have a story about uh, sneaking into Star Wars Episode One that you want to tell? Uh, I do. Um, <laughs> but we could... Uh, have I told the story a lot? No, no. I've never heard it before. <laughs> okay. So there I was. <laughs> it was a brisk May morning. <laughs> Um, instead of going to school, I decided I was going to go see Star Wars. Oh, you're a rebel. Totally. Um, and this is off the did heels you, of Did you already Godzilla. have tickets for it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, I got tickets because my friend Joe's girlfriend at the time, Beverly, worked at the box office at Regal. This is even before you well, could fortuitous. buy stuff uh, on the internet. <laughs> there was still movie phone. And so she bought Joe and I and her tickets as soon as they went on sale. So we got the first showing. And while we were there, um, there was a huge line to get in. And we were, I don't know, halfway in. And this is before you had assigned seating. Mm-hmm. And Beverly had to help set up the theater before she could watch the movie. 
and they were really far behind. So Beverly said, hey, you guys come in and help us, and we'll let you seat first. And but you didn't do that, did you? Because that would be too nice of you. Oh, no, I did. So Joe what? And, That's so, a great idea. So Joe and I helped put popcorn in like the concession stands and brought up cups. And then she said, you can go in the theater. And so we went to the theater, sat like dead center. Like before everybody else? Yeah. Whoa. And then the people that were waiting in line overnight walked in there going, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Who are these fucking guys? How'd they fucking get in <laughs> yep. here? They didn't really say what the fuck, but that's what I was thinking. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> it was uh, whatever that Star Wars language is. That's what they said. Yeah. It in. Yeah. 20 years later, you're just hiding Ooh, in your head. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's my Ooh, Star Wars episode one story. Or a besh. That's Man, what it is. That's a really good story, right? Yeah. So uh, and then I had to sit through the movie. So there was that. Were people doing the laser pointer thing? Oh, yeah. oh that part, too. Yeah. So um, the uh, thanks for reminding me. Uh, so at the beginning for the crawl. Um, you know, it's telling you what the Phantom Menace is, and these people kept on putting laser laser pointers at the screen. That was, I think, that's a big thing. Dick bag. That was a trend in yeah. like ninety nine. Yeah, that was a trend. You go to so, every movie, and some dickhead in the back was using a laser pointer. Yeah, so it. someone was pointing at it, and I said at the top of my lungs in a packed theater, I said, "If you don't stop pointing that laser pointer at the screen, me and a bunch of Star Wars nerds are going to kick your ass." Did you like and stand it, up and turn around and yell at him? Fuck yeah, I did. Yeah, and you did. Everybody, and the whole theater cheered. The whole theater cheered. Wow. And they never did it again. Man. Ryan was a hero, and he walked out triumphant. Like this, they went home and <laughs> killed themselves. But actually, that's just, uh, <laughs> when I went and saw they uh, point the laser <laughs> pointer in their eye. When we saw Annabelle creation or comes home, well, comes Anna- home, right? Annabelle comes yeah. home. I had trouble too. So when Annabelle comes home, I saw right. it, and this uh, couple one row behind me, and at the end just wouldn't shut up. I it's they started talking, and then they stopped. I said, "Okay, I'll let it slide," and then. Me 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 me, and when would, you had Beaker in your crowd, yeah, <laughs> and they would, and then the girl would laugh, and I was like, you know what, fuck her. So I wrote on there, I said, can you please ask these people to quit talking? It's ruining my movie enjoying experience. The lady looked at it, she left, and her manager, like fucking James Bond, like snuck in and sat at the end, and of course they're quiet. My like, gosh, darn it! And he's gonna leave soon. He stayed there for like four minutes, and as soon as they heard. Bah, 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 he went up there, and he's like, blah, 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 and he walked down. They shut up the rest of the movie. It was yes. awesome. Wait, is the movie called Annabelle Comes Home? Yes. Is it the homeward bound of Annabelle movies? <laughs> no, it's uh, she, she it's Annabelle home Homecoming. The, she comes she's home like, to the Warren's house. She's yeah, like she comes home to the, the Warren's car house. And she falls out and, of the van, and then the kid's like, oh, no, where'd Annabelle go? And Annabelle has to... Walk all the way back <laughs> to the house. Yes, that's exactly the story. <laughs> and Annabelle's voiced by Michael J. Fox. Yeah, it's <laughs> the end of Toy Story One. <laughs> Kellen loves Homeward Bound, and I could not stop. God, I thought you were going to say Annabelle. No, all I couldn't stop love- laughing oh, at the part where they put the the mountain lion on the seesaw. Oh that yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Up and it looks so fake. I was laughing for about it's ten awful. minutes. It, it makes sense because all kids love dogs voiced by Don Amici. Yes. <laughs> oh yeah. The movie's okay. Now when I go to the Alamo and I like people are talking constantly behind me during the trailers, I get out three sheets of paper and write up different sarcastic phrases about how I want them to shut up <laughs> to give to the servers. So like I think the last one was like, uh, yeah, the people behind me don't understand your no talking policy, <laughs> stuff like that. Nice. Did they go talk to him? Uh, I usually, I don't. They usually just kind of stand there, and of course they shut up during the part where you know the actual Alan oh, yeah. person is there. No, no, the manager stood there for a while. Yeah, and he he waited. Mine don't stand that waited. long. I've had it happen twice, and I mean my favorite. I think I know I've told this before too. Was at the Monster Squad twenty fifth anniversary screening. Mm-hmm. 
And oh man, that server did not. She was so mean to those guys. I was so happy that Angel got its wings, and um, it was a beautiful moment. That, that we ended up getting somebody kicked out of it when I went and saw it. Up oh, at nice. the, um, yeah, but that was because the, oh, the guy that, was like drunk as shit. Yeah, you know, I, like, I, I, I've seen yeah. it one and a half times in theaters because of that jerk. Yeah, I have a question for you though, Denver West. Was it owned by Regal at the time? Uh, it used to be United called Artists. United it Artists. United Artists, yeah. right. Yeah. But it, so it wasn't owned by Regal? Because I was going to mm. be like, they gave you free popcorn willingly? Because mm. when I worked there, you gave out popcorn, you got slapped on the wrist hard. So, <laughs> Well, I guess it's, it's who you know. Hey, yeah, exactly. yeah, I guess, you, you know, know what? Yeah, you know what? You're suave you know, enough you to get know. free popcorn. I know. Yeah. I know how to ask. Be like, hey, what's up? So. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, girl, hey. how you living? Yeah. Hey. yeah. Doesn't work as much, right. though, nowadays. Now you go to the Landmark Greenwood Village just to do that because you know you get the free exactly. popcorn anyway. Yeah. I remember when I, uh, around that time when I was single and I went to the bank and <laughs> you to said, pick up chicks. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, Show and off the, all your money to ladies. And the lady, I don't know why she asked me for my last name, <laughs> but she was young and she was attractive. And I said, Frost as cool as. And she just looked at me wow. and shook her head and went and got my money. <laughs> <laughs> I just needed to. She's like, not today. Yep. No, you didn't, Ryan. You were just like, yep. Totally did. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, you should have seen her look. I knew that <laughs> over like a lead balloon. I.e., it didn't flip. <laughs> anyway, Film Explosion cool. 99. <laughs> Corinne, what was your number 10 film from 1999? My number 10 film. Uh, haven't seen it in years, but this one sequence at the end really stands out in my mind, and I love it a lot. So my number 10, my ringer entry, is Fantasia 2000. We all know it's impossible to see music, yet many composers have tried to take musical sounds and give them a pictorial meaning. Walt's original idea was that Fantasia would be a continuing work in progress. And Fantasia 2000 is the realization of that dream. Now, the first ever full-length animated motion picture. Exclusively in IMAX theaters. Walt Disney Pictures is proud to present Fantasia 2000, the IMAX experience. Presenting seven all-new journeys into the imagination along with a classic favorite in a motion picture unlike any other. January 1st, exclusively in IMAX theaters around the world, Walt Disney Pictures proudly presents Fantasia 2000. Oh. 
Yeah, incidentally, it came out in 1999. So. Well, yeah, because you had to have a year to oh, yeah. plan for it. It's like Madden football. It's like cars. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, beautifully animated. Yes. I've still never seen either of the Fantasias. Really? Yeah. If you're really tired, put them on, you'll fall asleep. <laughs> uh, they're beautifully animated. I'm not going to say mm-hmm. that they're not well made. It's just yeah. you're watching like Walt it's... Disney's Fever Dream. <laughs> and, he's, you know, if you, if you read Walt Disney's biography, um, it talks about how that's all he wanted to do. And, and like, push the boundaries push of the animation. Push the boundaries of animation and music and... <laughs> Yeah. Synchronicity, like Igor Stravinsky, yeah. like, um, or Leopold Sikorsky being in it. Um, mm-hmm. it it's, but 2000 is kind of like a recelebration of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I love the mm-hmm. Donald Duck thing in it. I actually love Bohemian Rhapsody segment. I think it's beautifully animated. And that was the first mm-hmm. time I ever heard Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah, I mean, beautifully animated. Or not animated Bohemian Rhapsody, uh, Rhapsody in Blue. So, oh. Corinne, why do you like it? <laughs> uh, well, I, I really just like the Firebird um sweet there at the end you know with the volcano erupting and then the mm-hmm. um, spring sprite or whatever comes back and and it's very nice and anyway we when i was a freshman in high school my band did a field show called fire and flight and hmm. the firebird suite was the last one we did hmm, cool. so it's burned in my brain forever that was the first movie i saw at the imax continental uh the the colorado center oh, wow. um, <clears throat> that was the very first one um yeah, it's a good flick. It's nice to see hand-drawn animation again. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I miss it so much all the time. And that's why when you go back and... I mean, you're doing the Miyazaki stuff. When you go back and watch that stuff, you go, oh, man. The artistry is unmatched. If Disney came out with a hand-drawn animation movie, it could be about poop. It would make money like hotcakes. <laughs> It'd be poop, the loneliest turd of all. <laughs> I just hear Walt Disney in his grave going, I just can't <laughs> To be poo. <laughs> the aristocrats. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bold reimagining. <laughs> Phil Harris still plays a piece of poo. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, number ten, Fantasia two thousand. Uh, yeah, that's a good movie. I don't know if that'd be a ringer. <laughs> just, Whatever. You know, just like I don't. Uh, <laughs> I don't love it the way I love the other films. Gotcha. Or I mean, for me, it wouldn't be a ringer because I mean, it's not on my list. But that's just because I think they're. <laughs> I, no, I just because I think they're boring. I think they're for beautifully me, animated, but for me it wouldn't be a ringer because I don't like it. <laughs> no, it's uh, it's a, it exists, and it it's like if you want to watch two hours of music and animation, and you know, it's a nice lullaby. It's I mean, it's if you watch it film. in segments, it's also like oh, tolerable yeah. and everything. I like it as an experience, both Fantasia and Fantasia Two. Well, you, I mean, I think Sorcerer's Apprentice is one of Mickey Mouse's greatest moments. Oh, agree. So if you and I love the Donald Duck segment in that one because I, I'm just a classic Disney character guy. But mm-hmm. yep, Rhapsody in Blue is a good one too. Mm-hmm. I, I'm trying to remember like there was a, there was I can't remember what the first one though. Is. Oh, it's um, uh, Beethoven's Symphony Number no. Five mm-hmm. when it's just yes. like kind of a collage of images. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's always fun to see um, artists like that flex their mm-hmm. creative muscles by drawing. Is that the beginning of the end for their animation period, too? No. They did a few more. I mean, I think Princess and the Frog is the last traditionally drawn. No, Winnie the Pooh was a yeah. last traditionally drawn one, which is a beautiful film. And yeah. I don't know. Sad. I know. I miss it. It's been like 10 years since we had a hand-drawn Disney movie. Yep. Ryan, get on the phone with Disney. Tell them to do yeah. that again. Be like, uh, <laughs> yeah, hang on. Let me get you somebody. <laughs> This call has been disconnected. <laughs> Is that anymore? <laughs> Just call up John Lasseter. Oh. oh. Anyway. Yeah. Brad, Brad, number 10. Cool, my turn. My number 10 
is South Park, Bigger, Longer, and Uncut. Once upon a time, a man drew a little mouse. And his animated vision enchanted children of all ages. This summer, that man will be spinning in his grave. Paramount Pictures and Warner Brothers present South Park. This is going to be the best movie ever. Invading. Eric, did you just say the F word? Did he say the S word? Young man, did you just say the Q word? <laughs> we have to get you children off of foul language. Your theater. The machinery of the V-chip emits a small shock of electricity whenever an obscenity is uttered. You're late, Cartman. I had to ride my back here. My behind is killing me. You're behind? I have to stay behind because I get shocked if I say... <laughs> Kyle Roslovsky. This is sweet. Stan Marsh. Where did they come up with this stuff? Eric Cartman. <laughs> That movie has watched my fragile little mind. Kenny McCormick. <laughs> Chef. Have you ever heard of the Emancipation Proclamation? I don't listen to hip-hop. Satan. Sex the only thing that matters to you. Yeah! I love you. And Big Gay Al. You big fillies! <laughs> On June 30th. Throw the switch, Mr. Garrison. Hey, I'm supposed to be anonymous. It's not just another day in the park. <laughs> Son, we accidentally replaced your heart with a baked potato. You have about three seconds to live. <laughs> South Park, bigger, longer, and uncut. Tell them we'll have punch and pack. We're not gonna have punch and pie. My bill will come if they think we have punch and pack. Ooh, we've got to see this movie, dude. Went down Good one choice. spot. Did it? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I, I, think, I think it was nine. Because I, yeah, again, I listened to right. A's. I didn't keep track of that much. I, I'm just following my letterbox. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, yeah. So okay. So I dropped it one. Uh, <laughs> Explain yourself. You know, it, it's it's one ranking difference, but it doesn't matter that much. Uh, but yeah, so it's it's a filthy, filthy, filthy movie. Um, but it's it's a lot of a lot of fun, and I have fond memories of going to. I think I, I think it was at midnight mm-hmm. when I saw it, um, and I just remember, you know, like the show was dirty. Yeah. So I didn't expect how filthy this movie would become. Yeah. Um, and I swear, like, in my head, I remember things that I thought I saw that aren't actually in the edit of the movie anymore. Yeah. So I don't know if there is a different cut of it or I just... Well... It was so filthy <laughs> or, or that I imagined Or some of the stuff it. is actually in the show, too. So mm-hmm. they took uh, some songs, like Cartman's... I mean, uh, Cos Mama's a Bitch, and they redid it for the movie, and that's in the show. Yeah. Um, so I think you might, oh, yeah, you no. might be... But the, the worst Maybe. stuff is stuff like... Oh, like Satan and, and Saddam Hussein. Yeah. I actually, uh, even before we decided we were going to do this, uh, sorry to all the fans who didn't get to contribute because it's a last minute thing. Um, I the couple days before I was listening to the soundtrack and the Satan song uh, up there is brilliant. It's a yeah. Disney yeah. song. Oh, yeah. It's straight up a Disney song. It's wonderful. Overall, yeah. like it's a great musical, too. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. I'm surprised it hasn't been adapted for Broadway. For a long time, I kept saying it was the best musical that had been made in like 20 years. <laughs> yeah. And um, I don't think you're that wrong. No. Was, well, was, I mean, now we have things like La La Land, which at least I can say and Mary like, Poppins, but is know. a serious, yeah, yeah, is like a serious musical. I, at the time, I used to say it just so that I could really throw shade <laughs> on all the Chicago fans. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Yeah. And all that jazz, yeah, yeah, and obviously, uh, you know, they would go on to make the Book of Mormon. Mm-hmm. Um, so Trey Parker, Matt Stone are great doing musicals, and, and that, uh, that opening scene making fun of Rent is 
<laughs> oh yeah, still yeah. great because of the way that it makes one of the people who are walking out of the movie during that scene. Um, like yeah. that that reversal is so brilliant. Yeah. Um, it also gave us uh, like you know blame Canada. Canada was nominated for Oscar for best original song, and Robin Williams got to perform it. That's right. So, brought about some good stuff. It's also the yeah. same year that Trey Parker and Matt Stone went to the Oscars in dresses and dropped acid. Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, man. And, and they were never invited back. Yep. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, no, that's yeah. a wonderful film. Yeah. Um, it's, um, the, uh, the, uh, the Mountain Town song is, is still one that I sing to myself to this day. Oh, it's, yeah. it's a wonderful flick. We might be talking about it later. S- stuff can get in your head in that song for sure, in oh, that yeah. movie. Oh, and Uncle Fucker. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uncle Fucker is great. That, that's a masterpiece of... Uh, uh, literature and songwriting. Is that the song where it's like, I'm super, thanks for asking. Is uh, that where that's, that's that's comes from? Too. <laughs> that's uh, super gay. No, Uncle Fucker is, shut your fucking face, Uncle, Uncle Fucker. fucker. You're yeah. an ass. But it, the it's super just the most swears whatever. they could do. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Uncle Fucker. Yes, it's true. Nobody fucks uncles quite like, like you. you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hi, Kellen. <laughs> shut your fucking face, Uncle Fucker. <laughs> uh, I can sing the whole song if you really want me to. No. You're the one who fucked no. your uncle, Uncle Fucker. No, we want to hear Kellen sing it. Kellen? Uh, no, 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 no. My mom's listening. Zach? All right, my, um, this is actually going to be, it feels like this is going to be one of my most fun lists. Um, my number 10 is A Ringer. It's a film that I didn't really watch and, or didn't really watch until recently. Um, it's not a great film, but I really, really enjoy it, uh, mainly because of one of its lead performances. Uh, my number 10 is House on Haunted Hill. Strangers have been invited to a party. If they can stay up till dawn, they'll win one million dollars each. The only catch is that they'll have to live through the night. Let the games begin. Now, see, that's a ringer. Yeah. Cause that I thing, saw this on the list, and I was like, I remember Zach watching that. It is not great by any stretch of the imagination. It's fun. It's, it's big, that's exactly the reason. <laughs> like, 
I love the William Castle version with Vincent Price back in the day. It's like right, that's because it. Well, his gimmick schlock thing is fun to watch. Uh, it's also fun to watch the Rift Tracks guys make fun of it. Um, I get to. I I have an ability to meet it on both terms. This one though, the one of the reasons I really love it is to, actually two reasons. One is is that Jeffrey Rush is doing a spot on Vincent Price impression yeah. without like drawing too much attention to it. Like it's just like it's it's kind of just perfect for what it is because he's playing a amusement park impresario so he and it's so divorced away from time from vincent price that you don't catch it at first um and secondly i love the design of the house um because the original one is kind of just like a a, like a flat house that doesn't really have a lot of like character to it this one it's like on a hit it's literally on a on a haunted hill like pushing up to the sky kind of like a tower in lord of the rings or something um I don't necessarily agree with there actually being ghosts in the movie because part of the original's charm is that it's Vincent Price fooling people. Um, but And the CGI ghosts don't really hold up whatsoever. Um, but I still have fun with it. I enjoy the, the haunted house atmosphere about it. And pretty much everybody's solid doing a fun job in the movie like i don't there's not really like a bad actor in the movie it's interesting i i watched this really recently because scream factory put out a collector's edition which i want to get yeah and it, it's interesting seeing the dark castle trope mm-hmm. built in there so uh joel silver took william castle films and decided to make them darker and more eviler right and it has that really early uh 2000s late 90s vibe where it's heavy metal music and cuts really fast with ghosts and things people being ripped in half and stuff and i don't think it hurts it in this one it oh, no. definitely hurts it in 13 ghosts well, I, I do think not the, like i think, I think character designs of 13 ghosts is better yes but i don't really like the movie that much <laughs> having having seen it recently because yeah. i hadn't watched it before and i re- watched it recently I'm like this doesn't work for me that's what i keep on waiting for scream factory to put out i would i would see i would still buy that though because i know they'd give it a good treatment yeah um but anyway yeah house on haunted hill 99 what would you do for a million dollars yeah you spend a night in a haunted house. Ooh. Uh, anyway, James. That's, that's got a bunch of famous people in it, right? Yeah, Jeffrey Rush, Famke whoa, Jensen. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I control this podcast. James, number 10 film. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, my number 10. So real quick, what I did was I put together the list as the, without having re-listened to the old episode um, and then went back and re-listened to the old episode. And I was really close. There were like two movies that I was – very disappointed in myself that weren't on my original list, so things have just moved around a little bit, but they're yeah. pretty close. Uh, so that means that for this list, I don't actually have a ringer. My number 10 is Magnolia. Now what I'm going to do is I'm going to read a line to you from an opera. I want you to give me that line back in the language in which the opera was originally written. And for a bonus 250, uh, you can sing it. I'm Stanley Spector. There is the story of a boy genius. Well, Catherine, Thomas Kidd, Jean-Baptiste Proclamoyer. And the game show host. I'm Jimmy Gator. Live from Burbank, California. First question for 25. This French playwright and actor joined the Bejar troupe of actors. And the ex-boy genius. I'm Chris Donnie Smith. I used to be smart, now I'm just stupid. There is the story of the dying man. I'm Earl Partridge. I have a son, you know. You do? Uh, find him. I'm Frank T.J. Mackey. His lost son. What did he say? Because I am not going to take care of him. What does he want? And the dying man's wife. I'm Linda Partridge. I took care of him through this, Alan. What now, then? Me and him. Do you understand? There's no one else. No one else. The caretaker. Hello. I'm Phil Parma. See, this is uh, the scene of the movie where you help me out. And there's the story of a mother. I'm Rose Gator. 
You come home soon after the show. I love you. And the daughter. I'm Claudia Wilson Gator. Now that I've met you, would you object to never seeing me again? And the police officer in love. I'm Officer Jim Curring. My life is very stressful, and I'd hope to have a relationship that is very calm and undemanding and loving. So if you are this person, please leave me a message at box number 82. And this will all make sense in the end. not an easy job. I have to take everything and play as it lays. Sometimes people need a little help. Sometimes people need to be forgiven. And that is a very tricky thing on my part, making that call. But you can forgive someone, well that's the tough part. What can we forgive? Was that unclear? Kind of. God. Uh, so not to be confused with steel magnolias, right? No. Which damn has been on other lists of mine as well. Yeah. Uh, but well, I think. Maybe I didn't. Right. No, I think you did. I think I, oh, no, I maybe you did. No, I maybe, talked about it. Yeah, maybe but your I don't mom think I put did it because of the list. whole diabetic thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, uh, Magnolia, um, Paul Thomas Anderson. It was the first movie of his that I saw. I was obsessed with it for a while in college, but over time, it's like slowly eked its way down my list because it's one of those that like I probably watched once a month for a year and a half there. Um, just because, like, from a writing perspective, I thought it was really interesting. Um, and the performances are amazing. Um, Tom Cruise is great. Um, uh, William H. Macy is really fantastic. Um, and the whole sort of structure of that film is just interesting. But um, it's just not... Now it's not quite as beloved as it was back in the day. Uh, probably because There Will Be Blood sucks. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Um Here's yeah, your milkshake. Mag- Magnolia, number 10. Oil. Ryan? Uh, so my list is, uh, I put a couple of new movies on here and I dropped two off. Um, just as, because I feel like I've matured. You and me, yeah, man. As a, yeah. as a film two fan. Movies. And I appreciate some films maybe more now than I appreciated them seven years ago. Mm-hmm. Because one of the things I do love about this podcast is I, I revisit films more often. Mm-hmm. And But this uh, this one, I guess, could even be a ringer, too. I... As I've had a child, I've you know I, I subject I really myself. Hope it's end of days. <laughs> no, uh, as I as I've had a child, I sit there and I go, you know, I'll, I'll watch this movie because um, he wants to watch it, and I love the characters that are in it. So my number ten is Mickey's Once Upon a Christmas. Now on video, oh, oh, oh. be a part of a very special holiday event. Walt Disney presents. <laughs> Mickey's Once Upon a Christmas, an all-new full-length movie premiering only on video. Join Mickey Mouse, Donald Duck, Goofy, and all your favorite Disney characters. 
in the film that brings home the true meaning of the holiday. To share the joy of Christmas. <laughs> Come along as Mickey and Minnie discover the magic of sharing. You're all the music I'll ever need. <laughs> Donald Duck and his nephews learn the joy of Christmas comes only once a year. And Goofy shows Max... Of course there's a Sammy. ...that with faith and a little trust, dreams do come true. Merry Christmas, Dad. All your favorite Disney characters... ...in one big holiday celebration. Mickey's Once Upon a Christmas. Now available only on video. Wow. So this is a direct-to-video... This isn't the one with like, Jimmy Cricket or whatever, is it? No. The so, one that's like Christmas Carol? That's no, it's it. not okay. that one. So this one is narrated by Kelsey Grammer. And, uh, <laughs> why is that funny? I don't know. Just Kelsey Grammer <laughs> narrating cartoons. Um, He's not Sideshow Bob. And it's uh, a Christmas tree, and he goes to different ornaments. And each one is basically an updated um, take on a Christmas story. Mm-hmm. Not like a... Like a Christmas story, you'll put your eye out, but a classic Christmas one. <laughs> and so the first one is Huey, Dewey, and Louie um, create problems on Christmas, and so they wish to have Christmas every day. And they soon learn that getting the same presents and reliving the same thing isn't as important as spending time with your family. Mm-hmm. Um, the second one is about Max and Goofy and uh, Pete telling them, Well, Santa Claus isn't real. And so Goofy um, <laughs> tries to prove to him that santa claus is real so he sets up all these traps and max is you know hurt and then they touch on why max's mom isn't around anymore and it's really like heartwarming uh she died and and i I mean i figured but yeah it's yeah it's it's really really well done and then of course you know santa does come and goofy's proved right it's a really cute movie does santa bring him his mom back no no santa doesn't have that That power he's not a necromancer And uh, oh, actually, he's not a monkey's paw. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the last story is Mickey and Minnie, who play um, uh, lower middle class people, and they each want to get each other the perfect Christmas. Wait, wait, how does how does the Mickey movie communicate that they're lower middle class? That they don't have a lot of money. Okay. And they live in like not a nice home, but they all, they want to get each other like the perfect Christmas gift. So they each trade in a. Something they own. Oh, Henry! To to get the Christmas oh, gift, yeah, 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 and yeah, so yeah, um, they find out that the present that they got each other only works in their most prized possession. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it actually it brings a tear to my. It's really cute. Um, it's really well done. The animation is really good, and uh, I miss uh, Wayne Alwine as Mickey. I was gonna Aww. say, wasn't one of these like one of these Christmas compilations? Didn't it also include the original Christmas Carol one that they did with Scrooge McDuck? So that's a that's a separate separate release. But okay, yeah. all right. So I didn't know if it was this one, but okay. they did do a sequel, which isn't quite as good because they go to computer generated um, models, so it, it's not hand drawn anymore, yeah. and so you lose the um, charm, the charm, and the expressions a lot. And I mean, even just the Max and Goofy story is really sweet. Yeah, and kids don't pick up on that stuff, and I like even though they made it a little bit for adults where. There's an underlining thing going on here because, you know, Goofy tries so hard to make Max's Christmas the best. Yeah. And Max is really sad because he thinks it's stupid. And, uh, yeah. So Mickey's Once Upon a Christmas. Man. Check it out. It's fun. I think think I've seen it on Netflix. Oh, it might be, yeah. Maybe. 
I don't know. I feel I like it's been in the queue. I mean, I, I have it on Blu-ray, so I don't have to worry about it going away. I may have to add that to my my, my Christmas collection. You should. I think you can get it on the Disney Movie Club for like nine bucks. You can bucks. watch it for what? Christmas in July. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. No, it's a really cute movie. Right, when, it. when Christmas comes around, I take all of my Christmas movies out and put them on a separate shelf upstairs so that it's easy to Under pick a through a big them. spotlight for all to see. <laughs> yeah. Corinne, number nine. Um, see, y'all thought I was cold-hearted. No. Cold-hearted. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, my number nine film is, um, it's an adaptation. It's kind of one of my lesser favorite, least favorite adaptations of one of my favorite authors, least favorite works. So, <laughs> yeah, it's complicated. Okay. I mean, it's still really good. Oh, it's it's a good story. Called. It's a good movie. Um, my number nine is Mansfield Park. Mariah was married on Saturday, being prepared for matrimony by a hatred of home, by the misery of disappointed affection and contempt of the man she was to marry. Oh, please. Marriage is indeed a maneuvering business. For everyone who loved Emma and Sense and Sensibility comes the story Jane Austen loved even more. Fanny Price was a poor relation sent to the estate of her wealthy cousins. I was told to drop her at the front entrance of Mansfield Park. Then drop her. We must prepare ourselves for gross ignorance and a certain vulgarity of manner. Yes, I'm a wild beast. It's a world of great luxury where refined manners are the order of the day. Well, you certainly seem a dreary lot. She's there to learn the ways of proper society. But this spirited heroine is about to turn the tables on them. Your entire person is entirely agreeable. Yes, well, tonight I agree with everyone. And now, love is about to put everyone to the test. Which gentleman among you am I to have the pleasure of making love to? Would that more women were like you. Edmund loves you, Fanny Price. Henry Crawford was asked to take your hand in marriage. Dance like an angel, Fanny Price. Keep your wig on. <laughs> She's delightful. You have created sensations which my heart has never known before. What's he like? A rake. Yes, please. Miramax Films proudly presents... I've loved you all my life. Fanny, you are killing me. Mansfield Park. A film by Patricia Rosema. Yeah, Mansfield Park by Jane Austen, because I've never read Northanger Abbey, so Mansfield Park is my least favorite of her six novels. I thought you were saying it was her least favorite of her novels. No, my now least gotcha. favorite of hers. Okay, gotcha. That cool. I've read. Yeah. So, um, but I, I mean, I have problems with it, but it's still really good. Um, I love Johnny Lee Miller as Edmund, and the whole cast is really talented. I just don't like how they characterize Fanny. Like, she's a little too assertive, and I remember Fanny as being really more demure. That she, she's very quiet and, you know, doesn't want to, like, you know, she wants to be in the background all the time, except for when she's, like, one-on-one with Edmund. And here she's, like, a little bit more outgoing and a little bit more, you know, yeah. putting herself forward. Nobody wants an assertive fanny. <laughs> it just doesn't fit her characterization because, you know, she's constantly been told, all you know, since she came to her uncle's house that she does not belong there and that she's lesser than everyone else. So she's not, like, a servant, obviously, but she's still considered, like, a lesser member of the family, and that definitely has a psychological impact on her. Hmm. I don't know that I've ever actually seen Mansfield Park. 
You should. Okay. They had a, uh, the BBC did another version with um, who's the lady who played Bad Wolf in Rose in Doctor Who? Oh, uh, Billy like Rose? something. Yeah. Or Billy Piper. Billy Piper. Yeah. yeah. They, the BBC did another version with Billy Piper as Fanny. Cool, man. So, but this is still good. Yeah. Awesome. I, I, I remember the poster very vividly. I always uh, used to get it confused with Gosford Park and then be disappointed. <laughs> I thought it was about Jane Mansfield hanging out in the park. No. Cool. So that's my number nine. Awesome. I'm have to check Brad, out. your number nine film. I guess my I guess my new number nine is Toy Story Two. It's too fast. How could you even tell what's on? Too late. I'm in the forties. Gotta go around the horn. It's faster. What? Stealing Woody. Why somebody do something? Woody was kidnapped. <gasps> Woody once risked his life to save me. I couldn't call myself his friend if I weren't willing to do the same. I'm packing you your angry eyes just in case. Let's move, move, move! Geronimo! <laughs> to infinity and beyond! Don't talk to any toy you don't know! We'll have to cross. You're not turning me into a mashed potato. I may not be a smart dog, but I know what roadkill is. Drop! <laughs> oh! Ooh. Uh, all right, nobody look till I get my cork back in. Sure. I'm officially freaked out now. What are we gonna do, Buzz? Use your head. But I don't want to use my head. This Thanksgiving, the toys are back in town. Woody saves the day again. And just trying to get home. <laughs> it isn't a real rescue without Buzz Lightyear in one piece. <laughs> We've been down this aisle already. We've never been down this aisle. It's pink. Back it up. Back it up. I'm tour guide Barbie. I'm a marriage spot. I'm a marriage spot. I'm going to let go of the wall. Uh, One. He would. Uh, One. He would. Two. Five. Guys. Three. <laughs> Tom Hanks. Tim Allen. Toy Story 2. Ride like the wind, bullseye. Fucking Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> Why is this so low on your list, Brad? Uh, I mean, it's a good movie. It, You've yeah. had six years to rethink this. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, it's, Seven, it's in the top ten, you guys. <laughs> so? Um, it's just... Uh, it's just everything above it is just kind of like has its own little like thing that makes it higher. Um, the movie's title tells you its proper position. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I got something else that uh, has a one in it, and it's not number one. So, uh, yeah, Toy Story two. Uh, you know, surprisingly, like a. What, what are you pointing at? <laughs> no, go ahead. Sorry, you just gave us a huge hint. Yeah, go ahead. I'm not being secretive about my list. It's it's on another episode. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but never mind. Keep going. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Toy Story 2 is great. Um, you know, it, it surprisingly, uh, possibly better than the first Toy Story. Uh, I would agree story with that. Wise. Um, 
Like I, I Toy Story one was fun, but Toy Story two with Jesse's story, like it, Gosh, it yeah. was the it was that point in Pixar's lineage that it like they started to have real emotional weight to them. Yeah. Um. So like they became heartbreaking at that point. So yeah, uh, yeah. yeah that's I'll always remember Toy Story two will always be special special because of that. Yeah. Before that, they were artists. And then with Toy Story 2, they became assholes. <laughs> like, after Toy Story 2 is when people, like, adults started walking out of the movies and being like, these motherfuckers, also, they've got to stop making me cry. Also, I just the first Toy Story that, that Woody and Buzz just yell at each other a lot. Yeah, the original, like, the first Toy Story, A Bug's Life, like, yeah. those are very, those today are very standard kids' movies with, like, a really good message. They're really well written, but they're, like, standard, good mm-hmm. message, well, you know, that kind of thing. Toy Story 2, like, hits you in the gut. Yeah, you know, like we'll make you really care about these <laughs> right. yeah. no living toys. <laughs> You're gonna bleed. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah. good, so good. Yeah, Zach, it's a good film. Uh, my number nine is a film that I kind of previewed two years ago would be on this list. Um, it's, you think about this list a long time, <laughs> yeah, there, buddy. Yeah. Well, this is the only one that I knew was going to be on there because I have really fond memories of it. This is also the only film on my list that I saw in the theater in '99. Uh, it is a uh, sequel, uh, and it is a little film called Austin Powers, The Spy Who Shagged Me. Do you swing? Are you kidding, baby? I put the gur in swinger, baby! Yeah! <laughs> Austin Powers Crazy, baby! Yeah! Is Back! Yeah, baby! Yeah! With the help of the beautiful Felicity Shagwell. How does that feel, baby? Mm, lower. How does that feel, baby? In a thrilling adventure of intrigue, treachery, love. But Dr. Evil is back and more evil than ever. I'm going to cry, I'm going to cry. Huh? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go back to the 60s and steal Austin Powers' no Jerry. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm about to travel through time. I bid you adieu. <laughs> a bombshell with a secret. Robin Swallows. Swallows. That's an interesting name. Maiden name Spitz. Well, which is it, baby? Spitz or Swallows? Doctor <laughs> hmm. Evil, we began a program clone you. He is exactly like you in every way. One-eighth your size. I shall call him Mini-Me. Mini-Me! Something small, something deadly. Mike Myers. (laughs) Mike Myers. What are you, some kind of freak? You mother... Heather Graham. Move over, Rover. This chick is taking over. And Mike Myers. Surprise! Surprise! In the biggest Austin Powers adventure yet. Austin Powers, the spy who shanked me. Great plan, Einstein. All right, zip it. You know, you can't... Zip. It's simple. It is right in the world. Me ta hi Subtitle. Zip it. From... Zip it. You know what? Zip Wow. So, the same year as Toy Story 2, the only movie you got to see in theaters was 
Toy Story 2 is not on my list. Oh, okay. Um, wow. Because I don't Who's watch Hitler that. now? <laughs> yeah, not Brad. Because I'm not. <laughs> Man, first it's Nice Guys. Now it's Toy Story. <laughs> uh, no, Nice Guys was on my list. I know, but I'm just saying it's in uh, the wrong spot. Okay. Um, but, <clears throat> no, Austin Powers, The Spider Shag Me, is a film that I... It's not as good as the first one by any stretch of the imagination because that first one has a great conceit and an execution of a premise that is spot on. This one is throw in everything but the kitchen sink. However, I still laugh my ass off at this film. Um, I think this is the film where Dr. Evil gets like arguably more to do and becomes much more of a front and center character. Yeah. Uh, But I actually really like the Austin character and his dilemma of not the mojo thing, but the idea of uh, 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 Vanessa is dead because she's a fembot, which is a great turn at the beginning and him basically trying to move on and find love with someone else. That Burke Baccarat and Elvis Costello song, I'll never fall in love again is fucking wonderful. And I love it. Um, yeah, it and, did take Austin thirty-five minutes to move on. Yeah, <laughs> but no, but he doesn't. But no, but he. That, but the whole conceit is that he won't have sex with Felicity Shagwell because he doesn't want to get close to anybody, which he then blames on. I lost my mojo. That's why I can't do it. But like, if you read in between the lines, um, and then also I really like the whole how we explain that Scott isn't a test tube baby, but he is actually Frau Forbiss and a son. <laughs> um, and the whole Jerry Springer thing at the beginning yeah. is is aged, but still funny. Seeing Mike Myers in his Doctor Evil getup, trying to yell out "You motherfucker!" but it keeps getting bleeped, and he's just like jumping at like all the vile people on that show. Um, there's just a lot of fun stuff going on. Remember when Mike Myers was funny, not like Bohemian Rhapsody? No, no. Do you, you know what? My favorite moment in the film, hands down, though, is when he's in the club. Um, Bottles full uh, of bub. No, no, no. He's <laughs> God damn it. Um, dancing with that gal who also turns out to be a fembot, and she keeps saying, like, throw different weapons, and he's using her as a human shield. And then uh, at some point she yells, use a bazooka, and the guy's using a bazooka, and Austin Powers just yells at her, why won't you die? And they push out of the window, they're falling, and then he just uses her one more time as a human shield to crash onto the ground. Um it's a it's a fun flick. I enjoy it. So yeah, Austin Powers, Spider Shag Me. It's a film that my folks should not have taken me to see in the theaters at the age of eight, but they did, and I've Agreed. loved them ever since for it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, cool. James? Um, my number nine is almost heart... This is one that's heartbreaking low for me. Uh, my number nine, sorry Brad, is Galaxy Quest. In the far reaches of the galaxy... <laughs> A civilization is under siege. We are all that is left. They've searched the universe for a leader. Stay tuned for scenes from next week's Galaxy Quest. Never give up. Never surrender. He will save us. What they got. Never give up. And never surrender. We're struggling TV actors. You are our last hope. Where's my limo? And they're about to put on a command performance. Eight million light years away. We are actors, not astronauts. You are our protectors. That was a hell of a thing. Now, Laredo, take us out. 
You gotta move to the right. Would you sit Stay your parallel. ass down? You wanna drive this thing? Acting like heroes. The whole thing was just a misunderstanding. May not be enough. They look like little children. Hi, little guy. Oh, darn. DreamWorks Pictures presents Tim Allen, Sigourney Weaver, Alan Rickman, Galaxy Quest. You're just gonna have to kill it. We'll go for the mouth, the throw, his vulnerable spots. It's a rocket that not a vulnerable spot. Um, I've never heard of Sorry Brad Galaxy Quest. What's it about? <laughs> it's okay, I took it off my list. Did you really? No. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Wow. Oh. I see you wax so poetically about um, it in the last episode. Yeah, it's uh this was one of those like those movies that in my family we've quoted all the time. It's so brilliant. Uh a really good, you know, play on that whole that whole fandom. Um so I love it. It's great. It's a fun movie. Yeah. Performances are great. Writing is great. Yep. I lied before. I saw this one in theaters. It will show up. Everything you say is lies. Yeah, it did. <laughs> James, uh, you're beautiful. The uh, and like as I got it's older, true. That, that moment when like he comes face to face with this question of whether or not acting in general is lying, mm-hmm. and like is that unethical? I was like, at some point, you know, I'd probably seen the movie twenty times, and at some point, I saw that scene and was like, oh, oh fuck, <laughs> that's rough. So anyway, really good movie. It's a fun one. Yep. Right? Uh, my number nine is a new movie as well. Uh, Brad hinted at it last time. My number nine film is Big Daddy. New York. If you want to enter the greatest city on earth, first, you have to get by one person. Shut up! You shut up! Let's go! I'm waiting on you! Sonny Koufax had an easy job. You're a toll collector. Where are you going? You want to take me with you? I guess. And led a simple life. The delivery guy's like your best friend. Come back later today. I'll I'll Indian wrestle you. Okay. Peace out. Until the day... You refuse to move on to the next phase of your life. She wants different things, you know? His girlfriend dumped him for someone else. I found someone. This old guy? He has a five-year plan. What is it? Don't die? Now, to win her back... I gotta do something big with my life. He's getting her a little surprise. I want you to meet Julian. My son. Our son. I adopted him. <laughs> Great. Now what? Now. You wear a diaper? No. Sonny Koufax is finding out. Should I have a nightlight? Nightlight? Once you adopt a kid. There you go, all right? You better give that kid back. I tried to give him back. You got to keep him. Hope about your sleep? I wet my bed. Mm, all right. Nice and dry. No more wetness. Do that thing I talked to you the other day. That one touched the ground. That one touched the ground. Columbia Pictures presents... We stop serving breakfast at 10.30. No! Oh, please. Don't cry. Don't cry. You got a happy meal? Can we get a happy meal? Well, somebody get you to a happy meal! Adam Sandler. It's gonna be fun. You get nervous? Happy Halloween. We got a first timer out here. Do the right thing, buddy. Hang out right here for a second, all right? Hey, you. What? Big Daddy. 
Yeah, that's it. Okay, yeah, that's that's good. Trick or treat. Next year, be prepared, moron. Uh, yeah, no, I yeah, I, I have a love for Adam Sandler that I don't think a lot of people have. But I will watch all his films, and I usually have a really good time at all his films. And that's a good one. I even made the point to watch Jack and Jill. I'm like, it can't be that bad. When um, Tradesmar was going out of business and it's 75% off, it was a $2 Blu-ray normally, so I paid $0.84 cents for it, I think. Um, Jack and Jill's not that bad. And um, But Big Daddy is Adam Sandler, I think, at his best, where he's really good at playing um, someone who doesn't want responsibility but responsibility is thrust upon him and he plays kind of the lovable uh, man child and he's not really overblown in it very much. Um, I haven't seen it in a while. John Stewart's in it, right? Yeah. John Stewart is, uh, and Joey Lauren Adams. Yeah. Joey Lauren Adams. Oh no. Uh, Rob Schneider. Anybody? What? (laughs) You mean Deuce Bigelow, male gigolo? (laughs) Scuba Steve's in it. I I just, uh, (laughs) I just always like that. Adam Sandler. It's a yeah. cute movie. And it's a fun movie. Yeah, it's a good one. Um, you know, it's... And that's I think it's the first movie, too, where Adam Sandler kind of transcended um, being an SNL guy. Um, it's because, had a, like an emotional core to it. Yeah. It does, yeah. Happy Gilmore and Billy Madison don't have. Because he's way yeah. more grounded in the film. Oh, yeah. And, you know, even if you go back to his breakthroughs of Billy Madison and Happy Gilmore, those even had these really goofy subplots to him mm-hmm. you know whether it's um him seeing the penguin when he's drunk or <laughs> things like that <laughs> this one really didn't have moments like that except maybe steve buscemi's character um who's the homeless guy and he says he's gonna buy him a mcdonald's <laughs> i remember not liking it until years later because when i first watched it it wasn't sandler that was goofy so i was turned off by it mm-hmm. but then got older and liked it way more yep like, there's not enough wobbly do in yeah. this movie that's exactly what i said as a kid Ooh. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, no, I've always liked Adam Sandler, and I'll always be an apologist for him. Yeah. Corinne, number eight. My number eight is a film I was actually watching earlier today. It's a really well-made film. Very kind of obscure. I didn't hear about it until, like, two years ago. My number eight is Onegin.
Who do I know? <laughs> a Henry, when'd you get here? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what French film is this? Um, excuse you, it's in English, but it's based on a book. French book. No, no, actually, it's Russian. Thank you very much. Oh, so it's sad and depressing. Yes. Everybody dies. A Russian book based Nobody on a French poem. Nobody dies at the end. <laughs> From a French author, De La Pointe. I don't think he was French. Uh, I guess it was written by the Tusk detective. Yes. Anywho. Uh, um, but it has Ray Fiennes, Toby Stevens, Liv Tyler, and Lena Headey in it. You say Liv Tyler? Liv Tyler. She's in the only it. one that doesn't fit in that lineup you just gave. Right. She I actually like does her. a really good job. No, I like her. I just, you know, right. she's not English. Yeah. No. Yeah, I guess not. But she does a good job in the movie. So yeah, it's um, it's basically a work of literature come to life. I love all the like the themes and motifs that come up in the movie, and they do a great work of capturing like the psychology of Onegin. And how do you spell that? O n e g i n. It's okay. Russian, so no, yeah, I'm just it's weird. I'm trying to think right. of the word. Yeah, Onegin. maybe you've seen it Onegin. before. Onegin. Maybe one, if I see one the poster, gin. Uh, <laughs> think one gin every yeah, time. Maybe if I see the poster, I'll be oh yeah, that movie that I've never seen. Yeah, huh. yeah, it's kind of interesting because it's it's a love story, but it's tragic. But neither of them die. So, but yeah, there's a really great sequence in the middle where Ray Fiennes, who plays Onegin, and Toby Stevens, who plays Lensky, his friend. They have a duel, and it's really, really well shot. Hell yeah. Oh, my gosh. Pistol duel, sword yeah. duel? Pistol duel. Okay. Does somebody slap somebody with a glove? No. <sighs> no. No glove slapping. Sorry. But, yeah, the, and Ray Fiennes looks great in this movie. Of course. <sighs> Directed so. by Ray Fiennes' sister. Hmm. Huh. She did a great job. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. Who knew and the, could direct? The last scene is also really wow. well done. <laughs> wow. But it, the last scene. But I think you have to watch the movie. Like, to, if you just watch the last scene. scene out of context, it's like, okay, this is cool, I guess, but yeah. I don't know what the fuck's going on. But, yeah. So cool. I think everybody should check it out. Hell yeah. yeah I'm fascinated yeah. by the That's stars like, put totally. it out with Reicher Entertainment. Remember when Reicher Entertainment was a thing? No. No. That's the French division of a Russian film company. <laughs> Brad? Cool. Eight? Uh, yeah, so... You know, part of my list is, uh, you know, I have, to, I have to balance with, you know, how I appreciate movies now versus, you know, remembering back when I saw them in the theater in 99. Um, so Stop. this movie probably should not be ahead of Toy Story 2. Um, but uh, before its lead star went all nuts so crazy, um, this movie was pretty badass and it's called Payback. I have Mr. Carter on the line. Turn through. I have a problem. There's a man in my office with a gun who says that he's going to kill me if we don't pay him back $130,000 that one of our lieutenants 70, stole thousand. from him. Seven, it's 70. Look. How much is this guy Carter worth to you? What do you mean? My money, yes or no? No. Not many men know what their life's worth. I do. 70 grand. That's what they took from me. That's what I was gonna get back. They weren't wearing their seatbelts. Who the hell are you? I'm Porter. He said his name was Porter. Porter? Porter? Yeah. Real Cro-Magnon looking. You're not gonna kill me, are you? Well, what's his first name? <laughs> I don't know. You. No, 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 you don't. 
Allow me. You look pretty good for a dead guy. You were the only good thing in my life that hadn't been taken from me. I couldn't stay away. You are one hell of a mosquito. To get rid of you, I'll swat you with 130 grand. It's not 100. Hey! Perfect. Yes, it's all right. He's just killing my alligator bags and shooting holes in my suit. Man, that's just mean. That's mean, man. Where have you been? Even up the odds a little. This February. Hubba, hubba, hubba. Get ready. Everything working out? Oh, yeah. To root for the bad guy. You are crazy. That's why I love you. He's assigned your own death warrant for $130,000. What is it? The principal or something? Stop it. I'm getting misty. And tell him it's 70, will you? Mel Gibson. What do you mean it's only 70? Only 70,000? Hell, my suits are worth more than that. Payback. Careful, boy. He might bite you back. Yeah, did he really go that crazy? He just really got drunk and said things he hey, shouldn't have. We're forgiving him these he's days. He's a dickhead. Getting, yeah. Well, yeah, no, we know he's an asshole. <laughs> yeah. uh, he was an alcoholic. He's everybody, not clinically crazy. Yeah, everybody makes mistakes. Yeah. yeah. Who are you guys talking about? Mel Gibson. Mel Gibson. Oh, okay. Have you seen yeah. Payback? No. Oh, it's awesome. Yeah, um, it was a big deal at the time about its um, the process of the film. Like, you know, it's still on film then. But they uh, they desaturated it by removing the nitrate, so mm-hmm. it, it took on this very blue hue. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, it's it's a really cool story about a uh, guy I haven't seen in a while. I think he's a, he's a hitman. Um, who's owed yeah, it, well thirty grand, yeah, eighty grand. It, yeah, it's um, oh my god, what's what's the? <sighs> it's the same movie that's been made four different times. Um, uh, the payback. Uh, hey, Bacco. No. Hey, Bacco. <laughs> your boy did it. Uh, the bald one who kicks the bottle Statham? caps off. Yeah. Statham remade a couple years ago oh, yeah, and made, he, made um, Jennifer Lopez take her top off. Oh, Parker. I need to see if you were to watch. Oh, this Parker. is Parker. Yeah. This is Parker, but done by Mel Gibson. Yeah. It is It is a. It is Ryan, an adaptation Ryan Hedgeland, of Parker. Yeah. Um, he's Brian Hedgeland. Uh, yeah. yeah. So yeah. He's, he's like a muscle... And then, yeah, he gets, yeah, he gets, screwed, he gets over. screwed over. Yeah. He gets his eighty grand stolen, and that's all he wants is his eighty grand back. And, and he kills lots of people. He kills a lot of people to get yes. to it in really dark ways. And there's a controversy because uh, the Blu-ray you get now has the ending that they originally shot before they released it, and by default, yeah. Oh, okay. It's called the director, uh, the director's cut. Duh. Yeah. Um, but the one I prefer is the movie version, which I guess, uh, you know, after test screenings, Mel Gibson was like, the ending needs to be more explosive. So, um, you know, they reworked it and the, the theatrical version is the one I enjoy where it is more exciting at the end. Whereas the director's cut, he just kind of goes to a train station and gets into a scuffle and it just kind of (laughs) ends in the theatrical one, the whole apartment blows up. So that sounds good. Yeah. When you search payback film, Parker does show up as the yeah. first people also search for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's part it of is. a book it's, series, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah that it got is, adapted, it is yeah. an adaptation of the Parker graphic novels. Along with yeah. Point Blank and Get It, Get or the no. Gringo. <laughs> Sorry, the gra- no, they're, they were books first, but they made, recently made really good graphic novels. That's mm. what I'm confusing. <laughs> people cool. have adapted Parker a shit ton of times. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Um, You're correct yeah. in that assessment. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he goes up against the syndicate. So there's like different levels of guys. He has to oh, get to the top. Right. Guys and, can't move in forever. Yeah. yeah. 
But it's hard because I want to watch the theatrical version and it's only on DVD. Oh, they don't put it together on the Blu-ray? No. That's stupid. Yeah. I don't think they do. That's a double check. My copy is actually yeah. on HD DVD, so. Oh, so they probably do have it on the Blu-ray is what you're saying? <laughs> it's still it funny might. when yeah. you say HD DVD. <laughs> it's going to win, man. <laughs> you wait. You'll Ten see. Ten years later. Oh, man. People are going to regret Did you know Blu-rays Blu-ray. are 13 years old now? Happy Crazy. birthday, Blu-ray. <laughs> Crazy. I'm, and I'm already swapping them out. Happy birthday, PlayStation 3. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, man. Yeah. We're just getting older, but the technology gets more obsolete. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Happy birthday to Wieners and Butts from oh. Yeah. Wieners and Is that butts. the sequel to his original special? Butts and Toilets, yep. Yes. Okay. Oh, my God. Glad he's changing it up with the titles. Yeah. Uh, still potty humor. But it's yeah. part of the Butts trilogy. Yeah. But, hey, man, you got to keep a consistency with your trilogy. Netflix is still spending way too much money on their stand-up specials. <laughs> cool. Good Zach? pick. Uh, my number eight is a film that I, uh, I I watched a lot when I was younger, and I still go back to it every so often when I need a good, like, just solid, like, horror-ish thriller. Uh, my number eight is Sleepy Hollow. Constable Ichabod Crane, sent from New York to investigate murder in Sleepy Hollow. How much of your superiors explained to you? Only that the three were slain in open ground, their heads severed from their bodies. Taken by the headless horseman, taken back to hell. He rode a giant black steed to look at him, made your blood run cold. Even today, the western woods is a haunted place where brave men will not venture. We have murders in New York without benefit of ghouls and goblins. You're a long way from New York, Constable. Is everyone in this village enthralled to superstition? We have many things to talk about, even in this backward place. Excuse my manner. I'm not used to. Female company? Murder! The Orphans killed again! The assassin is a man of flesh and blood, and I will discover him. Are you so certain of everything? Perhaps there's a bit of a witch in you, Katrina. Why do you say that? Because you've bewitched me. Um, better than Toy Story too. <laughs> I have just more, remember that. I have more memories rewatching these films game. that I'm talking about. Right. <laughs> My favorite game is like better than Saving Private Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> better than Nice Guys. Better than um. So, uh, Sleepy Hollow. If I had to pick a Tim Burton film that is solely just like the Tim Burtoniest of them all, like 
Because, like, the ones of his I like are not his usual fare. Like, Ed Wood and Big Fish and Big Eyes are the ones of his that I really enjoy. Yeah, those This are is great. the most Burton-y film that I really like out of his, like, selection or oeuvre. Hmm. Um, where it's, like, clearly his style, clearly his influence all over the place. Wackadoo. And I, in, <laughs> yes, wackadoo. Uh, black and white spirals. Biddly, uh, biddly, bum, topic. bum, bum, bum. Yeah. Subgenre. Um, uh <laughs> And I, I actually enjoy the way they upend the mythology in the Washington Irving book and turn it into a g- genuine-ish detective mystery. Um, it's written by Andrew Kevin Walker, the guy who did Seven, and I actually think there's a... His draft is not present in the final film, but there's clearly an influence that he had in the formation of this story that we now get. Uh, and I like seeing this like large group of... British acclaimed British actors getting their heads chopped off one by one. It's a fun little, <laughs> it's a fun little sight. Like you could be like that guy's from Harry Potter. That guy's from Harry Potter. That guy's from <laughs> Harry Potter. Um, or that guy's in Lord of the Rings or that one was the emperor in star Wars. Like they're all over. It's, it's a one big nerd fest. Um, and I mean, everybody's pretty solid in it. Uh, Christopher Walken's, uh, appearance in it is still strange to me but i love the look of him where he's got like these like sharpened out teeth and he's just like looks like he just came out of like the devil's womb ready to just bite heads off it's super weird it's 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 fun and it's a hammer horror movie ultimately at the end of the day like that bright that bright red blood and um and i like the scene with michael gambon getting a um the uh, a fence picket thrown through him and then pulled out of the church it's it's over the top and crazy, and I love it. Um, I will say, though, that Blu-ray uh, is a travesty, and Paramount should be fucking ashamed of itself because that transfer looks awful. Yeah, fuck you, Paramount. Yes, exactly. Wow. That and the fact that you won't put out a Friday the 13th movie. What the actual F? Uh, they did. You can get the eight. Aren't there no, enough a new, I mean, of a them one. already? A no, a new one. We want a new one, Ryan, remember? Gotcha. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, number eight, Sleepy Hollow, a, t- a, a fun Tim Burton movie that's all Tim Burtony and whatnot. Yeah, bad at Toy Story too, James. Uh, yeah, uh, my number eight is a movie that wasn't on this list the last time, uh, and it was a shame. Uh, my number eight is Mystery Men. In a place called Champion City, the forces of good and evil. Captain America. What a surprise. Are about to collide. Well, we've always been each other's greatest nemesis. Sai. Nemesis. Nemesis. <laughs> now, with the city's one true hero missing. Captain Amazing is in danger. Kaboom. Who will step forward? You again. Wannabes. To answer the call of justice. Don't mess with the volcano, my man. Because I will go Pompeii on your... Oh, golly. They've been waiting for this moment. The city's in peril, Lucille. All of their lives. Butch needs his vest back. Well, it's my vest, too. I bought it for him. But now that their time has come... I'm a superhero, too. What's his power? <laughs> they're going to need all the help they can get. we got to find a lot of superheroes really quickly. State your name and power. PMS Avenger. I only work four days a month. Is there a problem with that? No. No. I am the Waffler. Waffle Man! Am I too late to try out? Sorry. You're in. Wow, my first mission and we're going to rescue Captain Amazing. Here we go! Universal Pictures presents 
think we need to talk about your plans. I'm going to kill you. Right, that's the part that really doesn't work for me. A new league of heroes that step to a different beat. Well, I am a ticking time bomb of fury. I don't find you threatening at all. <laughs> Do some carnage. We're not your classic heroes. We're the other guys. Mystery men. I'm invisible. Can you see me? Yes. Wow. Maybe you should put some shorts on or something if you want to keep fighting evil today. Yeah, this movie, like, I think as time goes on, this movie might just get better. Uh, especially now, if you go revisit this movie, and you're like, holy shit, like, they they should make a sequel to it now, because it is more prescient than it was at the time. Um, I mean, you'd have to, like, resurrect Claire Filani's career to do that, but um, <laughs> wow. still. Uh, <laughs> you really don't like hit, ball rats, don't why you? I had to hit her so hard. Yeah, what did she uh, do to you? <laughs> She's fucking dead. <laughs> She's at home listening to the podcast. What the fuck? I'm in a TV uh, show tomorrow. James is just bitter about the disappointing results of Beat Joe well, Black. Hold on. The last time we did a 1999 episode, uh, we joked about having not seen Keanu Reeves for a long time and thinking he was it, dead. It, and his career is it, booming. It, it, so 10 years from now, funny. Claire Filani should be the new John Wick. You sent that text message. I was like, what did he do? And I went back. He didn't make movies for two years. <laughs> from 2006 to like 2000 and, uh, or no, when our podcast happened. It's something like he didn't make movies from 2010 to 2012. Yeah. So he literally went away. Yeah. And probably before that, it was stuff like The Lake House where you're like, uh, who cares? You know. And now he's well, booming. I need to go to my lake house. Yeah. So a few years from now, <laughs> Claire Ferrani could be, she could be the next Batman. You know? I'd like that. Ooh. Yeah. Um, I like her. She's too. fucking dead. <laughs> uh, anyway, Mystery Men is wonderful. If you've never seen it, it is like. It's a superhero spoof movie, but it's wicked smart. It's the best Jeffrey Rush performance of the year. Bah! Um, and, I wasn't, like, denying that. <laughs> uh, and, yeah, it's it's still really brilliant. Um, really funny. I think, especially now seeing some of the way that, like, the Marvel stuff has gone, like, I think it, it yeah, it is. It's just a lot more prescient. So, um, people should check it out. And it was a shame that I didn't have it on my list the first time. I remember like nobody else wanted pizza. This is his fourth piece. Hey, dude, he's a growing kid. It's why it's why I bought it so that people could enjoy it. Yeah. Um, I remember like liking Kel Mitchell in it. Yeah, I think he's fun. In Kel it. of Keenan and Kel. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. Sans he, Keenan. Now, yeah, he he dead. Kel. He's not really dead. No, but, he's not dead. I mean, I, he doesn't do anything. I know. No, he he hosts a dog show. It's a show really? about it. I'm not joking. I saw this. I'll, I will give you the results. It's just like him talking about pets and pet owners and stuff. What? It's on daytime TV. I don't know why. I think this he's a dog enthusiast. Fascinating. It's all right. I would watch that. Oh, and apparently he did like a recent uh, all that reunion because they, well, they the did the new version. They of did all like that. an SNL skit where they returned to Good Burger. Good Burger. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's a fun flick. Yeah. Mm. Right. Uh, this film's actually moved up on my list. Ooh. My number eight is a psychological thriller, Deep Blue Sea. Tell me, Mr. Franklin, have you ever known anyone with Alzheimer's? No. 
What if you could end all that suffering with a single pill? Give me till Monday morning, 48 hours. I'll give you results that'll skyrocket your stock price. In the most advanced research facility in the world. Wow. Beneath its glassy surface, a world of gliding monsters. A team of specialists is working against the clock. Did someone order the fish? On an experiment to benefit mankind. Sharks never show any loss of brain activity as they age. We're this close to the reactivation of the human brain cell. But before they can save millions of lives... Tell me I didn't see that. They recognize that gun. It's impossible. Sharks do not swim backwards. They can't. They'll have to find a way to save their own. Just what the hell did you do to those sharks? Did you feel something? Jim and I use gene therapies to increase their brain mass. What is that? As a side effect, the sharks got smarter. Somebody, please, tell me what that is. made that joke and then i was like wait it might be <laughs> no Wouldn't of course it? it's on my list it's a movie about killer sharks that eat people and it's fun i uh, are talking about the fact that they have alzheimer they're trying to make an alzheimer's cure that's why it's a psychological thriller no, <laughs> it's totally stupid um but i sit there and i just watch it go eh, it's pretty fun you know every once in a while i always have films on my list that are just fun to watch and this is definitely one of them and i've probably watched this movie more than well maybe the third most of any movie from 1999. <laughs> um, and I don't know. It's just awesome. You know, I could do without uh, the LL Cool J rap at the end. I was just going to say, does, My head it, is does like it shock fin? Does it arguably, arguably have the worst tie in song of all time? Probably mm. like what about Pitbull's Africa? In no. Aquaman? Hey, that was pretty bad, but, but it wasn't like, Deepest, bluest. Like, <laughs> deepest, bluest is so tied into the movie and self-serious. Mm-hmm. And, like, the Toto Africa cover is, like, stupid and only shows up in one, like, one tiny little moment. Yeah. yeah and the thing is, is LL Cool J is, I mean, however you feel about him, he's just not good in the film. And LL Cool J is in the movie. That's also part of why it's, like, it's, a, it's really most bad tie-in musical number. It seems a little unfair because arguably the only good actor in the film is Samuel L. Jackson. Saffron Burroughs. I think Saffron Burroughs. I, I like Thomas Jane. Yeah. yeah. Thomas yes. Jane, I agree. Yeah, Saffron Burroughs. I'd have to rewatch it. I don't remember Saffron Burroughs' performance that much. I know she And Stellan Skarsgård's in it. Come on, guys. What else do I need to... That is true. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what else do I have to sell you on this? Come on. <laughs> this was like the all-star cast movie of its day. <laughs> it was. Before the Avengers. Uh, directed by Cutthroat <laughs> Islands, Rennie Harlan. Come on. Oh, 
man. Uh, Nightmare 4's Renny Harlan. Hey, say what you want about him. He can direct the hell out of action sequences. He does really good horror action films, yeah. too. Like, like Cutthroat Island Nightmare is 4. underappreciated. That's, hey, that's all I'm saying. Give, give Renny Harlan a job. <laughs> the His head is podcast. like a shark fin. Rennie Harlan is the person who should be rebooting the Pirates franchise. Yes. Hmm. Where they have to fight sharks. Okay, yeah. All right. <laughs> sure. Deep Blue Caribbean. I'm not going to go out there and fight sharks. <laughs> that's my that's my Jack Sparrow. I don't got one. Wait, I, I think James doesn't Jason want that Statham. character anymore. That was Jason Statham playing Jack, Jack Sparrow. Yeah. Oh. Who's who's trying to fight that idea? Yeah. Number seven, Corinne. Cool. Um, so. Okay. So, um, number seven. Just to clarify for everybody. Okay. Good job, buddy. <laughs> I have no idea what he's saying. Like. Something about tails and butts. <laughs> um, so just like the 1989 film explosion lists. Um, I'm judging all of the movies that I've seen based on a combination of personal preference slash nostalgia, um, overall quality, and cultural significance. So this entry on the list, um, and I, I'm weighing the uh, personal preference and nostalgia very heavily since I was eight years old at the time. Uh, no. <laughs> no. <sighs> Relax, James. It's coming later. Don't worry. <gasps> <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, but well, it'll probably be on the list later. I don't, whatever it is, I'll die. Anyway, keep going. I don't know what you're talking about, but okay. I know. Um, <laughs> but this entry is one that I'm I'm not like a huge fan of the movie, and I don't know if I'd say it's aged well, but it's definitely culturally significant. So my number seven is The Matrix. you were so sure was real what if you were unable to wake from that dream how would you know the difference between the dream world and the real world what is happening to me the answer is out there neo it's the question that drives us what is the matrix the Matrix is the world that has been pulled over your eyes to blind you from the truth. What truth? They're watching you, Neo. Human beings are a disease. You are a cancer of this planet. And we are the cure. Get me the hell out of here! Welcome to the real world. So you're here to save the world. So what do you need? Guns. Lots of guns. No one has ever done anything like this. That's why it's going to work. Buckle your seatbelt, Dorothy. Because Kansas is going bye-bye.
Unfortunately, no one can be told what the Matrix is. You have to see it for yourself. That's not Xenon Girl of the 21st century at all. Oh, no. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, you Man. Can, I mean, if you watch it a certain oh, way, I guess it is. I didn't even think of the Disney Channel original movies. Yeah, Johnny Tsunami was this year, too. <gasps> oh, shit. I should have put those on the list. Yeah. I loved Xenon Girl of the 21st century. Yeah, I know. I got really excited. <laughs> I was like, holy Damn. shit. Is, are we going to get to talk about Xenon Girl of the 21st century? Are we going to sing Supernova Girl I, at the I, end I of feel it? like... Oh, so good. I mean, don't you have to... Don't the movies have to be in the theater for them to be on the list? Uh, no. Ryan's already oh, I guess that the wrong. Netflix movies. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah. Yep, directed oh, well. video, Mickey. Yep. Yeah. yeah, sorry. Well, well I didn't even think of the, but the Disney Channel original movies. Well, good pick, Corinne. Uh, number <laughs> seven, Brad? I'm just kidding. You yeah. want to talk oh, about I, the I mean, I don't really need to talk about the Matrix. I think everything's already been said. What, what is the Matrix? We'll, we'll talk about it. No one you can know. know. What Do the Wachowskis know what the Matrix is? <laughs> I think I only saw this movie like five years ago. So mm. I don't have the nostalgia goggles for it that everybody else does. Mm. I've I've reconciled with the, like, the sequels a lot in the last couple of years. Yes, I, you have. I think this movie is incredible. I yep. did watch a, I think it was a video on YouTube recently about how they did that like 360 shot, yeah. and it is really interesting. Yeah, it's one of the first DVDs like with all those special features. I think it's the first DVD mind. where I noticed special features. Yeah, oh yeah. You well, know, you had to yeah. follow the it, rabbit. It, yeah, my the first, Easter eggs. Yeah, my first DVD was actually the episode one DVD, which is like still one of the best oh, yeah. DVDs I've ever I, owned. I, I agree, like hundred percent. The extras on that thing were. Incredible. I mean, it was it was like an appendices level. Oh yeah, of content. I agree. And essentially, um, confessions from George Lucas. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the Matrix DVD was awesome. It was it was, it was that like cardboard boxy one. Yeah, like mm-hmm. used to snap do. case. Yeah, yeah, those yep. are great. So I still have some movies like that. They're yeah. in the snap case ones. Yeah. Those were good. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah, great. the Matrix. <laughs> Maybe we'll talk about it later. Brad. Most likely. <laughs> um. Yeah, this movie probably should be under Toy Story two as well. Um. <laughs> <laughs> we criticize your list, not you. Yeah, you're um, the one who made the well, list. I Nobody put you at this gunpoint up to more. do it. Uh, well, I'm a dick. Um. Uh, my number seven. Um, still trying to figure out what the mystery is. My number seven is Mystery Men. <laughs> oh, there's no trailer because James said it already. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You and I. Oh no, you're seven. I mine was eight. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Still off, comparably. But, yeah. Cool. Yeah, uh, it's a great movie. fun movie. Um, I'm probably gonna watch it when I get home because I have not seen it in a long time. I know, um, but uh, yeah, it was, it was, you said everything about it, so yeah, I did. <laughs> There's nothing else yeah. without me having watched it. I Every now really... and then, I think like when I'm doing the trash on a Monday night, I think about the 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 junket lady, you know, whoever who keeps telling him to junk it. Anyway, yeah. it's great, fun, subversive look at yeah, super or anti or. Super antiheroes, super I guess. Heroes, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's um, really Greg Kinnear is the the only real antihero. It, it's fun, like yeah, he's he's the Superman character, but he's a he's not a so good. He's dude. really a Tony Stark. Like that's kind of what he is, yeah. or, or a Batman, right? Where he's because no, all of his good. stuff is is technology based. Yeah. You know? um, he's he, very self promotional. Yeah, yeah. That's why yeah. he's, he's got sponsors. He's kind of like a the the NASCAR version of Tony Stark. Which is something um, you said in your original 99 film split. Probably. So, like, Ricky Bobby? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay, yeah. there you go. Yeah, I bet the effects don't hold up, though. Well, I'm sure not. Now. Well, yeah, because there was a lot of, like, 
stop motion stuff for some of the like face melting thing, right? Like when they shoot people with that weird ray that makes them go all bleh, like they kind of, uh, oh man, what's that lady from um, Pee Wee's Big Adventure, the bus driver lady? Like they kind large of large marge. Marge. Yeah, they kind of large marge out, and you're like, ah, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, so I'm sure that it does. That's why it needs a good sequel, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Where like one character is their 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 whole chin is constantly replaced with CGI. Um, I'm trying to think. I think everyone is around still. They could come back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jeffrey even, Rush isn't doing anything. Yeah. Even Greg Kinnear. Yeah. Greg Kinnear's not doing anything. What happened to him? He's probably dead. <laughs> Just ask Kel Mitchell to take time off his dog show. And Kel <laughs> Mitchell's not doing anything. <laughs> Paul Rubens. Yeah. Jenny Garofalo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ben Stiller might be expensive. Yeah, yeah, but he's been doing but a lot of indie stuff lately, he's so he might be anything. game. He probably direct it. <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah, that'd, that'd be decent. Yeah. 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 So that's my number seven. Cool. Zach, my number seven is a repeat. It's Galaxy Quest. Cool. Yeah. Um, this. Uh, so this actually I did see in the theater. My folks took it to me, and I was not a Star Trek fan at the time when I was a kid. So like, it kind of fell on deaf ears for me. Sure. But when I got into middle school and started getting into Star Trek, I revisited this film. And then recently, as I've been rewatching Star Trek Next Generation and redigging my love of Star Trek, this film has become even more fun to watch and think about. Uh, I think this is the best Tim Allen movie that isn't an animated film. Because <laughs> um, he is great as Buzz Lightyear. Uh, it's weird, the movies that I like him in, he plays a spaceman. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Oh no! I jo- killed Wilson. <laughs> you underestimate Jungle to Jungle. The no, two, I, the two is a number. You see, no, I don't. I don't. I don't. Um, but no, I think. See, one is the Jungle, and the other is New York City. What's really weird is that the two is a number, but it's the first movie. What were they gonna call the sequel? Jungle to Two Jungle. You never saw Jungle Jungle. <laughs> I mean, it's hard to find, but it's there. Oh, uh, sorry. <coughs> Something about Tim Allen. But uh, you know, his role in the film and him kind of like reconciling with the fandom and the the acting element of his life is a fun like like it's just the way they treat it. Like, how do they keep the keep up the lie of it all? Yeah. Like as they're dealing with these actual aliens with their TV personas and Alan Rickman, the late great Alan Rickman is amazing in this film when he cradles um, the the crew member that's a fan and does his catchphrase for him. It is one of the most heartbreaking things I've ever like seen that man do as an actor. Um, and it's, and it's the one performance of his that when he died, I thought of like two or three of them. And that was one of them. The other ones were like Snape and obviously Hans Gruber, but that one always comes to mind. Um, and the rock monster thing is fun too. As I've gotten older and read into the Star Trek Five Final Frontier behind the scenes stuff, so, um, and I think it's mainly us, like you two, um, and your passion for it, uh, along with Trek and kind of geeking out over that, has influenced my love of the film over and over again. Like, I don't, I still don't own it on DVD or Blu-ray, but like I've been renting it, and now I just bought it on HD. So I'm going to watch it again tonight. So, yeah. it's brilliant. It's yeah. really good. It's a wonderful film. And Sam, Sam Rockwell. Oh, yeah. Play, playing the red yeah, shirt playing, from one episode of the show. Guy, yeah. I mean, there's, yeah, there's a number of people in there that I didn't hardly know who they were at the time that are amazing. Yeah. So, cool. Yeah, cool. Uh, number seven? Yeah. Right? Uh, my number seven is a repeat. It's South Park. 
Uh, which mm. I, of course, did not see at the time, but years later saw and was like, holy shit, this is wicked smart. So Should I have brought also like, and pie? <laughs> it's also like, re- it was really uncomfortable for me to watch for a number of years there, too. Mm. Um, there were definitely some scenes that would come up, and I was like, I, I really hope that like nobody walks in watch it while I'm watching this. <laughs> yeah. um, but, you know. I haven't seen it in a while. I, I'm I mean, curious you, to know how well it holds up. You could be like me, and I leave my windows uh Lines open, and I was watching um, uh, what's that movie? Uh, Hard Ticket to Hawaii. <laughs> With my blinds open, and there's a bunch of gratuitous nudity and weird violence. Just I just don't care anymore. You love your neighbors. That's why. <laughs> Not the worst musical, inner, you know, song. Yeah. Anyway. True. Uh, my right. number seven isn't a repeat. Um, I like adventure movies. And this movie, I'd say, um, took away the horror elements of the original and made it an adventure film. And uh, my number seven is The Mummy. Where did you get this? On a dig down in Thebes. <gasps> Jonathan, I think you found something. There is an ancient legend of a place known as the City of the Dead. I call it the doorway to hell. Where the earliest pharaohs were said to have hidden the wealth of Egypt. Are we going into battle? There's something out there. Something underneath that sand. They came to uncover its secrets. Mummies, my good son. This is where they made the mummies. They sought to unlock its treasure. And then there was light. Oh, boy. What they did... Oh, my God. It does exist. I think this may be the Book of the Dead. ...was unleash a force unlike any the world has ever known. You must not read from the book! What the hell was that? You have unleashed the creature that we have feared for more than 3,000 years. He will regenerate and no longer be the undead. We are in serious trouble. This one? What the occasion calls for it? Trust me, it calls for it! Universal Pictures invites you. His powers are growing. What? This just keeps getting better and better. To experience the adventure. It appears he's already chosen his human sacrifice. That will live forever. If he turns me into a mummy, you're the first one I'm coming after. Go! So we can tag team this review. Tag team. Um, tag the, team the, review. The, <laughs> the mummy is also my number six. Is it really? Yeah. Oh, Triple man. tag team review. So this is this, <laughs> this is, is the Triforce. <laughs> yeah. So this is this was the other movie that was on Zach my Brad list last time. That is an absolute tragedy that I didn't have it on my list. It's just a fun movie. It's so good, and I've returned to it mm-hmm. so. I've this might be the movie on this list I've seen the most. Remember when like Brendan Fraser was good in movies? You go, oh, I can see him as an action star. Oh yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I think the villain is, he's fun, um, not really scary, but 
you know, the, the CGI still works pretty well. I, I watched it recently on um, Blu-ray. We've had the privilege of interviewing a guy who worked on the film uh, and the special effects, Ed Kramer. You can listen to that interview on realnerdspodcast.com. A couple times. Slash, yeah, twice. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, no, I, I just that's just a fun movie. I like adventure stuff, and it's fun. It's such an underserved genre that, like, to have a really, really good entry like that, that I didn't see at the time in theaters because the trailers made it look like it might be scary, and I was little. So we didn't go. But then years later when we watched it at home and my whole family was like, this is awesome. Like, yeah, there's like, you know, a couple of kind of scary bits that when I was 11, 12 yeah. might have, you know, bothered me. But that's because I was weak. But, you know, it also has a, you know, he'd do anything for love. And, yeah. you know, that's why he's coming back. He'd I'd murder did. people for him. I'd say Arnold Vosloo is a very, he's not scary, but he's intimidating. Yeah. Yeah, especially some of those scenes where he's like eating people. You know. <laughs> and, you know, he plays it. He plays it more menacing than yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes, yes, Karloff yeah. ever did. That's so. good. That's a good. It's, way it's weird. He has kind of like a uh, a Lugosi quality to yeah. his like face. Like I don't know how to describe it. But, yeah. I mean, yeah. Anyway, yeah, he's good. Yeah, it's a mummy. We'll talk it's about a fun it later. movie. You guys should zoom in on Rachel Weiss in the library stilt scene and see that it is uh, a very masculine person uh, oh. body double. Of her uh, really? trying to perform that stilt trick. Oh, that's funny. So check that out. I know the book she's holding disappears like halfway through the scene. Wow. She's like grabbing a book and then the thing happens and then the book just disappears. Man, I'm going to go home and watch that movie. Yeah. I think, the whole thing on the boat is great. I think it was on Netflix, but it might have fallen it, off No, it's, it's off Netflix now. Yeah. Because I, I watched, the, I watched the second I one before the it fell off. I rewatched the second one. Couple second weeks one's ago. fun, and it's yeah, it's fun. Yeah, it's not Scorpion, as fun as the first one. Scorpion King is fun. That's Chuck yeah. Russell doing whatever he likes to do, yeah. and Tomb of the Dragon Emperor makes me cry. Yeah, not for Brendan Fraser, just for everything else. Mm. Yeah, it's a really fun movie, and I appreciate. I guess I took it for granted at the time, but for a mummy movie, it was set during the right era, and not during modern day. Stupid yeah. Tom Cruise piece of shit whoa wow <laughs> wow Corinne, ryan's here be careful <laughs> yeah. not, Shots not him fired across the <laughs> not, not tom cruise put the knife away that version of it yeah Stupid. tom cruise version's fun no i think no. any kind of movie like that should be set in like yep. 1910s 1920s R ryan welcome to a world of gods and monsters no <laughs> i i exclude that part <laughs> You're better than I am. Yeah. <laughs> I, I get really drunk and black out during that movie. Starring Tom, starring Tom Cruise and nobody else. <laughs> nope. When that part happens in that one, I fuck around on my phone. And then when it's over, I get back into the movie. Ryan just puts pieces of paper around everyone but Tom Cruise. <laughs> Man, remember when Kurtzman and Orsi were just killing it every movie they and made? Then they broke up and Kurtzman did the mummy on his own. Anyway, the 99 Mummy we watched a lot when I was a kid. Mm, great. This was one of those we put on That's on, like, really rainy Sunday afternoons. Yeah, it's a fun movie. It's a breezy movie, too. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's two hours long, but it doesn't feel that long. It, it no. moves by lightning quick. Totally. It has a lot of good set pieces yeah. throughout it. Like, it makes for a really good adventure film. It has a pretty good atmosphere for yeah. a 90s movie. Oh, yeah, no, I agree. Like, all the mythology of it. and Yeah. yeah. Set up a really great universe that deserved a lot better. Mm-hmm. Uh, because mm -hmm. honestly, they should have just Indiana Jones did. And like, they should have made a sequel. They could have made him like you know go against Dracula or something. Totally, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, oh yeah, that's actually the way to do that universe. Yep. Yeah. Um, but whatever. Ooh, the Dracula yeah. from Van Helsing. 
Yeah. Van Helsing, you murderer. No. <laughs> No, not that. that I, like, I like Van Helsing. Yeah, too. that movie is way more Van fun Helsing than people give it credit stupid for. Stupid yes. fun, yeah. Yeah. I saw it in theaters twice. <laughs> I dragged my mom to see it in theaters. <laughs> she was pissed. <laughs> <laughs> she left that movie and was like, the fuck is wrong with you kids? And your mom says, hey, I'll go see that. It has the Logan in it. And yeah. <laughs> the Logan. <laughs> that's, what, that's how she referred to him at the That's time. totally my mom. She's like, oh, Logan. She's the Wolverine's really in it? I'll go. <laughs> I mean, I'd see it. That dude's handsome as fuck. I really wanted to see his one-man show, but... You know, didn't have you know five hundred dollars to go to Pepsi Center to watch it. Mm. He brought a one man show to the Pepsi. Fuck Center? yeah, I did. That's like, on my Facebook feed. Was I think on Wednesday? Yeah, people, yeah. people bragging his about videos. It. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Yep, because I have super talented. Yep, Brad. Uh, man, I'm getting hosed here because uh, my number six is oh. Galaxy Quest. Oh, I said I was sorry. I don't believe you. Never I wasn't. <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, this movie, like James said, is great. And uh, being a Star Trek fan, um, you know, I, I, I was able to enjoy it without feeling attacked. Um, <laughs> <laughs> because I'm so tender. Because, uh, yeah, it points out some fun things about Star Trek uh, <laughs> while also being a, a, its own good thing. It's a loving criticism. Yeah. Of fandom. And tribute. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the entire Rock Monsters thing is an homage to the failed... Uh, climax of Star Trek Five, and the the whole premise of sort of these actors who had this one thing and they're just sort of stuck there. Yeah, that is both true in the real world, but also you know like they, it's really a love letter to those poor actors who were you know, although stuck. It, although it does feel, especially in the age we live now, it does feel a little. Um, Actually, no, because the ending, they reboot the show, so... I was going to no, say... Uh, oh, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It, it exists in that period but, between the two series yeah. when, when those cons were really, you know, yeah. spinning up. Which which does still hold water in terms of how we look at, like, shows fondly, and then suddenly they do find a revitalization down the line on the internet. And with the nostalgia craze, like, th- that's a good place to mine a sequel from, which... What happened yeah. to the TV show? That was supposed to be coming out on Amazon? Picard? Oh, I don't know. Uh, we, uh, <laughs> we got a picture of it. No, Galaxy Quest they TV show. They keep promising no, it. No, Galaxy Quest TV <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I don't know. Picard doesn't happen until I see the episode in front of my eyes. <laughs> oh, no, that's definitely happening. The poster's badass. It is, yeah. Yeah, it is. There's they still should, no they show should write yet. an episode. <laughs> yeah. It, it, we, we have the theory that they could be trolling us. <laughs> yeah. A lot of marketing going on. Yeah. Not a lot of content being generated. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they haven't even filmed an episode. Yeah. Yeah. There's an episode of Lock and Key out there. I never saw a poster for it, <laughs> but there is an episode. So that's my number six. Cool. Zach, six. Good pick. Uh, my number six uh, is a film that uh, it's not. I don't think it's my favorite of this filmmaker's work. Uh, but it's still one that I rewatched constantly in high school, um, and it has a fine critique on religion. Um, my number six is Dogma. This is why I had to come down here this morning, man. This is why I had to miss my cartoons. You call me, you tell me it's important. We're going home. Take it, man. Quit leering at me. People are going to think I just broke up with you. Two fallen angels have just discovered a loophole that can get them back into heaven. Outstanding work! All they have to do is get to Red Bank, New Jersey. There's only one problem. What are you? What do you want with me? Stop a couple of angels from entering and thus negating all existence. I hate it when people need it spelled out for them. 
Now, I'm to charge you with a holy crusade. One person has been chosen to stop them, but she won't have to do it alone. I'm Jay. This is my head real life mate, Sam Bob. You gotta be kidding me. Prophets. In a manner of speaking. What about sex? No sex. Guys, I guess just don't follow the sky, you know? Oh, that sucks! What are you? I was the 13th apostle. You knew Christ? No. Brother owed me 12 bucks. I thought she looked familiar. Let me guess. The 14th apostle. I'd like two tickets to New Jersey, please. Jersey's sold out, sir. I suggest you not underestimate the staggering drawing power of the Garden State. They're successful? You and me? All of this ends in a heartbeat. I feel like Han Solo, you're Chewie, and she's Ben Kenobi. Prepare to taste God's wrath. Anyone who isn't dead or from another plane of existence would do well to cover their ears right about now. world's against us, dude, I swear to God. What's he like? God. It's got a great sense of humor. Take sex, for example. Sex is a joke in heaven. The way I understand it, it's mostly a joke down here, too. <laughs> Get it? That's my number six, too. Oh, really? Right on. We're on the same page here. Man. Um, yeah. I mean, it's not better than Toy Story 2, but yeah, it's, it's my number six. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I, I, this film actually helped me through a hard period in my life in terms of because I did go to church a lot when I was younger. and this, <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say with your relationship with poop. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, that rubber poop monster changed my life, brothers. Uh, no, because um, like it just one of the most prescient things in the film is something that Selma Hayek says, which is it doesn't matter what you believe in as long as you have faith. Um, my thoughts on religion nowadays are not like are, are very like just they're not as solidified as they once were when I was a kid. That film, though, helped me understand how faith can work properly in the strangest of ways, because it is a movie with a rubber poop monster and cursing all over the place and Jay and Silent Bob, which when you put those three things into a movie about religion, you don't expect to get a uh, a very poignant result, but you do. Um, and it's because Kevin Smith is a wonderfully talented writer and director. Um, uh, one of my favorite scenes of Ben Affleck's career is when they, him and Matt Damon are in the parking garage and they're talking about uh, The Last Scion and he unloads all the anger he's had pent up in him since they were in that terminal in Wisconsin. Um, I really, really, really like Jason Lee's performance. I think he is a great bad guy in the movie. Um, uh, until it turns, until Ben Affleck becomes your kind of ultimate, he's not really a bad guy. He's more of just like a, he's, he's just really pissed off. Um, and the scene in the movie, well, wanting to end the world, I think makes you a bad guy. <laughs> yeah. Well, but he's there, that scene in the parking lot though shows like he's, He's he's just really upset because he feels mistreated by by the world by God somebody who he trusted and loved it's it's complicated and then um, I liked the um, uh, scene in the movies uh, corporate room for years I actually think that's the best Ben Affleck's ever been in a movie oh it's 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 
pretty wonderful. I don't think it's my favorite performance of his, but you're right. It's definitely one of the best. I mean, I know it's your favorite, but you know what I'm saying. Um, I believe in this. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's it's a wonderful flick. Um, Normally, I normally Kevin's films tend to go up a little more higher, but this one I haven't rewatched in a while, but. I remember it fondly enough that it absolutely was going to be on the list. And George Carlin as the uh, as the priest is wonderful. I mean, I, I've worn I wore out my DVD of this because I think the DVD is really packed. Oh, yeah. I love the commentary on it. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I, I, you can tell it's been a little edited though because he mentions that he isn't the biggest fan of uh, what's the name of the lead Linda actor? Fiorentino. Yeah, he's not the biggest fan, and he he says, "I'll tell you why later," and he never tells. I think yeah. it's on the commentary. Yeah, yeah. On, on the commentary, he says he's going to tell you why he doesn't like her, and he never does. And he's hinted at it before in his talks. I just assume he, she was she was trouble because well, I've heard that she was trouble on Men in Black. So. No, yeah, no, I heard she's hard to work with. Oh, I, so. I I heard he really wished he'd gotten Claire Forlani. Yeah, probably. Um, <laughs> um, um. Oh, and Alan Rickman in that one too. Yeah, Alan Rickman's in it. But I, 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 the reason I think it's Affleck's best performance because he's given a lot of meat, and I think he delivers it really well throughout the whole film. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I love chasing Amy, and he's great in that too. Mm-hmm. But this, he's he gets to stretch a little bit more, and uh, some of the dialogue is a little over the top. But I think he handles it really well, mm-hmm. and it, it proves that you know everybody who doesn't like Affleck or. Is just crazy. If you show him this, show them this, or chasing Amy, he's an amazing actor. So um, I agree. No, I, I I love Dogma. Um, my favorite delivery of line though actually comes from Jason Lee, where he's just like, "No, no pleasure, no exquisite sin greater than central air. Pick that up." And then his goons pick up the dead woman. I love everything about the film. Uh, it's wonderful. Yep. Dogma number one. six. Corinne. Number five. Yeah, number five. All right, my number five um, movie I watched a lot as a kid. I love the soundtrack to this movie. My number five is Tarzan. it alone yes are you sure there are no others I said he could stay that doesn't make him my son of the Disney cool. Renaissance. Hey, I wrote your song. <laughs> uh, yeah, I still have, I have two different versions of that song on my iTunes, so ha. That won the Oscar <laughs> over Blame Canada? Uh, that's a pretty yep. great song. Though. But, yeah. but Blame yeah. Canada. But then we got Phil Collins Hill in South Park the <laughs> series, so. Uh, yeah. That's I, kind of I, I don't think I've seen that in theaters, honestly. Um, it's on Netflix, and I've been meaning to rewatch it. I'm but, sure uh, it'll be on Disney+. Was, Plus. It's okay, was, Corinne. It's number 12 on my list. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, I was looking at it today when I was going back over my list, and um, didn't know Minnie Driver was the voice for Jane. Didn't know Glenn Close was the voice for Kala. But couldn't avoid Rosie O'Donnell. 
No, I definitely knew she was in it. Also, the sexy president from Scandal is the voice for Tarzan. You look fresh. Who knew? No, no, I think... And Brian freaking Blessed is Clayton? I think the animation in that film is pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. I but love it... the vibrant, like how vibrant the colors are. Like the yeah. blue in his eyes just like... Yeah, it's not one of my favorite Disney films, but it's not like... Uh... It's not poorly made by any means. No, it's really well made. I, you know, I, I've always been meaning to put you know, the list of my Disney films and how I enjoy them. Um, it's one of those films that's really fun, and I think it's beautifully animated. I just don't know how I feel about it, if that makes any sense at all. It's somewhere in the middle for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a movie I can put on and enjoy. I think, I mean, like I said, the animation is top rate. Love that movie. It's just because you really love Greystroke, The Legend of Tarzan from 1980s. Yes, that's the one that really holds it back for me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, I remember watching the Disney Channel, and they were going over, like, they had those little segments in between the shows of, yeah. like, here, yeah. you know, we're going to take you inside the movie. And they were showing how they designed, like, his movement through the trees was based on, like, skateboarders and um, snowboarders or yeah. surfers or something like that. I wanted to be like one of those kid correspondents who hung out at, like, Disney World, and <laughs> oh, we're yeah. going to go into the art of animation, and we're going to see a how, show how to make Tarzan. We're going to go talk to the Imagineers about the new Yeti in Disney World. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think this movie is a... Yeah, like Ryan was saying, wow. it's beautifully animated, and I think it has a very talented <laughs> voice cast. Minus Rosie O'Donnell. Yeah. Even then, she's okay. I handed you that copy, Brian, because I can't believe lunch. I have it in my library, too. <laughs> I think that the Disneyland attraction is really lame. Oh, the house? Yeah, where they turn the... the oh, yeah, Swiss Family Robinson, Robinson. Yeah. Never But they should have... It was like... That movie was... That, if they're going to do something from that movie at Disneyland, is like ripe for a roller coaster. You know, swinging oh, yeah. through trees and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it should be like a bungee cord thing that you... Sword. Yeah. Like a, the Soren kind oh, of. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hmm. We could be Imagineers. Totally. I haven't yeah. seen it since I saw it in the theater. I think it's so also pretty dark. Like the whole oh, yeah. opening where like his family, like, yeah, they land on the shore and then they make their house and then the leopard kills them and mm-hmm. he's found by Kala. And then later, you know, at the end of the movie, Clayton basically hangs himself. Yeah. It's like, geez, this is so fucking dark. Yeah. <laughs> And then Christoph Waltz gets eaten by that alligator. No, that's nope, the legend that's of the, the Tarzan. Oh. And it was actually really good. I know. Despite what we thought it was going to be. <laughs> it was really fun. I want to go back and listen to that episode because I believe I was just like, I can't believe this was great. <laughs> it was really fun. Um, yeah. Anyway, good pick. Yeah, yeah. It was great. Number five, Brad? Uh, my number five is a movie that I think either came out in 97 or 98, but uh, I... The Esquire showed it in 99, and that's when I saw it, and that was Princess Mononoke. <gasps> in a time when gods walk the earth, an epic battle rages between the encroaching civilization of man and the gods of the forest. When the forest has been cleared and the wolves wiped out, this place will be the richest land in the world. Now... The fate of the world rests on the courage of one fearless princess. I'm not afraid to die, and I would do anything to get the humans out of here. And one brave warrior. You fight like a demon, boy. Like something possessed. What exactly are you here for? To see with eyes unclouded by hate. Now watch closely, everyone. I'm going to show you how to kill a god. Fire!
Ben Anderson, Billy Crudup, Claire Danes, Minnie Driver, Jada Pinkett Smith, and Billy Bob Thornton. You cannot alter your fate, however. You can rise to meet it if you choose. Princess Mononoke. Sorry. <laughs> Yeah, really excited. Got some princess <laughs> fans in the house right here. This is this is my the, my next one on the film or on say, the catching the Miyazaki this week classics. On catching the classics. Yep. Uh, yeah, this movie's great. Um, the animation's beautiful. The story's beautiful. Um, it was like one of the first animation movies that you know there wasn't really a s- specific villain. Like everyone kind of had their faults. Um, yeah, it has antagonists, not yeah, villains. Yeah, antagonists. Like, uh, you know, the, the only real hero is nature, I guess. Um, so, great message, great story, um, mm-hmm. great animation. So, that's why it's uh, number five. And I think it's Miyazaki's best movie. Hmm. Yeah, I'd say that. I'd agree. I like Spirited Away a lot. Yeah, it's right up there. Those well, two. Are when like, you do your list, you can. P- <laughs> yeah, yeah, you do your own catching the Miyazaki classic. Fine, I fucking will. <laughs> cool. Yes, Brad is totally right. Should have been number yeah. one. <laughs> Zach. Um. So my number five is a movie by James's least favorite person. Uh, it is a uh, movie with Nicholas. Zach Eastman? Ooh. Oh, no, I didn't make a movie in 99. Oh. Second worst, pers- worst person ever. Uh, it's a movie with Nicholas Cage, Ving Rhames, Patricia Arquette. Um, and it stars its director as the uh, intercom voice in an in a ambulance. Oh, man, I think this would be my 42nd favorite <laughs> film of the year. Well, that's wrong because it's a good movie. My number five is Bringing Out the, the Dead. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's what I was thinking. Six two young is here, baby. <laughs> and I'm gonna take care of you. Thursday started out with a bang. <laughs> Heat, humidity, moonlight, all the elements in place for a long weekend. I was good at my job. There were periods when my hands moved with the speed and skill beyond me. How long have you been doing this? Five years. Wow, you must have seen some things, huh? But in the last year, I'd start to lose that control. I've been seeing the ghosts. You ever notice people who see things are always crazy? Mm-hmm. I just needed a few slow nights, followed by a couple of days off. There's a double shooting, 41st and 8th. What happened to chest pain, difficulty breathing, fractured hands? Don't even slow down, just keep on moving. Nobody loves me, Chris. You have the power, Jesus, not to spare this worthless man. Rise up! Damn, you guys are good. I'm on my way out. Anytime now. Nobody gets fired, son. Look at me. You swore that you'd fire me if I came in later, and you swore it. You swore it. I'll fire you tomorrow. Old man's a bus driver, mom a nurse. Sort of born to it, I guess. Rule number one, don't get involved with patients' daughters, you understand? Our mission, to save lives. Blast off! 
Help others and you help yourself. That was my motto. I understood how crazy it was to think this way. Then something good will happen. Everything just glows. Here's to the greatest job in the world. Frank! Are you okay? Never felt better in my life. How are you? I'm good. Good. You can't push I'm so lost. Okay, say, on my say it one more time. Kellen talked over you. <laughs> oh, my number five is bringing out the dead. Okay. I can't edit that out. <laughs> I think Ryan did that intentionally. Um, bringing out the dead is a film by Martin. Please love me. James Scorsese. Oh, uh, and written by Paul. Do you like Sh- Paul Schrader? Schrader. Um, that, that's G movie. <laughs> that's, <laughs> What did he say? That's G movie? No, that's a shitty movie. Oh. <laughs> well, well, well Colin audience, said it. It's true. See, audiences in 1999 said the same thing, uh, and they're wrong. <laughs> uh, and yet somehow it beat out Toy Story 2 on your list. <laughs> Kellen, how do you feel about Toy Story 2? Do you like a Toy Story movie? Oh, yeah. I like the rain part. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's talking about Toy Story 4 when... He's talking to Bo Beeb in the rain. Um, yeah. Wow. That was a good scene. Yeah, good job, buddy. You um, know what a good movie is. <laughs> Unlike Go on, Zach. Anyway, Bringing Out the Dead um, is a is a film about Nicolas Cage plays an ambulance driver who is, it basically goes through three days of him working the graveyard shift for um, uh, in New York City, picking up people who are hurt and taking them to the hospital or trying to save their lives. And he's haunted by um, someone he couldn't save. Wait, sorry. What city is it set in? New York City. Oh, okay. Because it's Martin Scorsese. Um, uh, And he's haunted by the spirit of a person who he couldn't save. And he is going through a big old crisis in his head because he feels like he can't save anybody since that. Um, And it's basically a Martin Scorsese horror movie. It's almost like Martin Scorsese made a Val Luton horror movie. And then kind of mixed it a little bit with some 60s and 70s counterculture. Um, it's it's the last Scorsese film where he gets to do something a little bit more small scale and intimate. Because after this, he goes big and broad. Like, Silence is a really good character piece, but it also is like very vast. It's huge, yeah. Um, this one Shut is very around. much blocks of the neighborhood. Um Fast and intense and experimental to a to a small degree in terms of its cinematography. Uh, John Goodman's in it too. He's wonderful in the film. Um, uh, Ving Rhames has hair in the film, so that's interesting. Um, and uh, there's actually a kind of an element that like it's weird. I think this might be a Scorsese you might enjoy. I don't know. There is an element in Silence that is also present in this film in the idea of a person who keeps reappearing uh, and how he is treated each time kind of determines where the story goes to a certain degree. Are all the are all the characters in the movie uh pieces of shit that I'm supposed to think are cool but aren't? I don't think so. Okay, cool. Not I all might, of, I, I think like I think yeah. Nicolas Cage is much more likable in the film than you'd expect. Cool. Um okay. because when I, the first time I saw it, I didn't really pay much attention to it as like it, I thought it was lesser Scorsese. I rewatched it this week and and immediately went up to my list because I was just like, this is way better than I remember being. And like oh. I said, it's it's like he made a Val Luton horror movie. And hmm. there's like actual scenes of like horror filmmaking in it that like don't make it a horror film, but like make it striking and like beautiful to watch. 
Um, and I think if I'm thinking of screenplays <laughs> that Paul Schrader's wrote, I like Taxi Driver, but this is a close second. Um, cool. So yeah, uh, Bringing Out the Dead. Um, it's one of many films on my list this year where you can't get it on Blu-ray. So uh, oh, sure. go find it on Prime because that's the only way you're seeing it on a 1080p. Um, is, he, is Nicolas Cage more of a dead body protector? <laughs> you know what's funny though? This is the midpoint between Crazy Cage and Super Crazy Cage. Like it just... He's more he's modulated in the film, but by the end of the film, he is in crazy cage mode. So you do if you want to see crazy cage, you got there. Okay, wait, that's it. My number five. I'm waiting for really long. Okay, do it. Ready, go. I just can't calm down enough. This is what I think, Zach, and then make a fart noise. <laughs> it's, it's, it's fine. You sound like your Uncle James. Never getting Scorsese a chance. <laughs> James, number five? Uh, yeah, my number five is a fantastic <laughs> comedy that dominated my life for probably like at least three or four years after I finally saw it. Uh, my number five is Office Space. From Mike Judge, creator of Beavis and Butthead and co-creator of King of the Hill, comes a movie about people who go to work. <laughs> who are part of a team. And remember, next Friday is Hawaiian Shirt Day. Okay, but I could set the building on fire. Who respect their boss. We need to talk about your flair. Well, I have 15... Fifteen pieces on. Fifteen is the minimum. Brian, for example, has 37 pieces of flair on today. <laughs> and a terrific smile. And need to escape. I don't like my job, and I don't think I'm going to go anymore. One of these days, I, I, I just I just kick this piece of... I'm thinking now it might be more fun to just get fired. And I've always wondered what that would take. Oh, Peter, listen. Uh, well, it looks like you've been missing quite a bit of work lately. Well, I wouldn't say I've been missing it, Bob. <laughs> That's just a straight shooter with upper management written all over him. We're going to be getting rid of these people here. Mr. Samir. Okay, okay. Not going to work here anymore anyway. <laughs> you haven't been showing up and you got to keep your job. I'm being You haven't been. Bob. This is a... It sucks! They're gonna throw you out on the street so that Bill Lumberg's stock will go up. Ooh, it's completely unfair. Inatech deserves to go down. We're just the guys to do it. Tell me about that virus you're always talking about. One that could rip off the company for a bunch of money. I'm not going to do anything illegal, Peter. Illegal? Samir, this is America. The worst they're going to do is they put you in a white-collar minimum security resort for a couple of months. You know they have conjugal visits there? I might be showing them my O face. Oh, oh. They let you have sex with women? They sure do. Okay, I'll do it. Office space. I know you've been getting pretty depressed about your job and everything, and so I just wanted to tell you good things can happen in this world. I mean, look at me. <laughs> This was one that, like, in my group of friends, when we all saw this, we we were in love with it and quoting it for a really long time. Um, I mean, I, I still think this movie is is brilliant, and um, it's kind of a it's one of those like warm blanket comedies now where like I can put it. It's almost like watching 
uh, ironically. It's almost like watching an episode of The Office where it's like, I can just throw it on and know I will be entertained and have a good time. And like, even though I know every single joke by heart in the movie, it's just comfortable. Um, and uh, yeah, it was one that I thought was really smart at the time and really enjoyed. And yeah. Yeah, if you could just stop talking, that'd be great. <laughs> Why should I change my name? He's the one that sucks. <laughs> I've only yeah. ever seen it once yeah. when I was in college because we had a thing at my scholarship hall called Office Space mm. where at the end of the year we'd take out all the things that didn't work and go smash them in the parking lot. Oh, it was great. That's cool. Man. Maybe the best thing that came out of that movie. Wow. I don't know. I don't really care. <laughs> uh, I yeah, no, don't I, have an opinion. Uh-oh. I really love it. Happened. Jennifer Aniston. He like knocked yeah. over something. <laughs> he just tripped. Okay. Yeah, yeah he's fine. I know yeah. what he's doing. Wow. Uh, so that's my number five, right? Your number five. Uh, my number five is a movie that wasn't on my list the last time. As I celebrated this actor's filmography, I grew a new appreciation for this film I never knew existed, and it's a difficult film to watch. It's long. Um, it is this director's last film. And uh, this film is Eyes Wide Shut. Mm. But is it a horror movie? Oh, wait, no, that's a film. Um, Never mind. Maybe. But yeah. I don't know. It's, um, it's a good film. I, I just haven't watched it in a while. It's weird. Yeah. And, and when I watched it recently for my Tom Cruise, I'm going to watch all his films. It's one of the last ones I watched because I remember seeing it in theaters and going, this isn't the Tom Cruise I like. Because <laughs> uh, he's not, not really likable in the yeah. movie. I think, you know, he runs a lot in this movie, actually. Oh, um, okay. So uh, it's just a movie that's so bizarre and so weird mm-hmm. that I appreciate it so much more on um, the craft level. Mm-hmm. And he's really good in it. And he takes you on a journey that's really bizarre. Um I mean, the whole story is he's trying to get into this orgy, and when he gets there, he finds out like the rich people are really corrupt and murder people, mm-hmm. or do they? It's really bizarre. There's lots of boobs in this movie. There's lots of boobs in this movie. Yep, and um, Nicole Kidman plays his wife, and his ma- his marriage is like collapsing. Stop it, dude! Um, and. It's just a really interesting character study. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, I don't know if everything's fake in it, but you find out that the girl is still alive. It's really bizarre. It's it's a movie that I've only seen twice. And I shouldn't... I, I'm sorry, I'm not sure. I should go revisit it. But, um, it's I mean, yeah, it's Kubrick's last film. And he spent a lot of time on this fucking movie. A lot of fucking time. Yeah. Uh, so remember, much so that when he died, it was, they some people thought this the production kind of killed him or kind of wore him yeah. out. And I know Tom Cruise had to step out. I forget what movie, but he couldn't do another movie because it took so long to film this. It's something big. I do remember that. I just yeah. don't remember um, the name of it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's 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 obviously not Kubrick. I go back to that often. As I said, I've only seen Yeah, twice, it's bizarre. If but, I watched it again recently, I might have put it on the list. But, but it's a new appreciation for it. Mm-hmm. watching it because Tom Cruise is really good in it. I'm I'm surprised you put it as high as you did. But um, um yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. But. Cool. Yep, yeah, that's my number 5. Corinne, number 4. Number 4 is The Avengers Endgame. <laughs> anyway, um so my number 4 is a film that I watched relatively recently, like within the last year. Mm-hmm. Um you guys are might remember me talking about it. My number 4 is The Green Mile. 
always think if a man sincerely repents on what he'd done wrong, that he might get to go back to the time that was happiest for him and live there forever. Would that be what heaven's like? I just about believe that very thing. John Coffey, you have been condemned to die in the electric chair by a jury of your peers, sentence imposed by a judge in good standing in this state. Questions? Do you leave the light on after bedtime? I know violent men. I deal with them day in and day out. There doesn't seem to be any real violence in him. Until he kills a couple of little girls. John Coffey is a murderer. I don't think he did it at all. Take my hand, both. You see for yourself. You're talking about a miracle. I do not see God putting a gift like that in the hands of a man who would kill a child. I dreamed of you. We found each other in the dark. Like he dropped out of the sky. Miracles are funny things. You never know when they're going to happen. And when they happen in a place like this, that's the most unbelievable miracle of all. This is the story of a miracle. What happened here, where I work. On the Green Mile. Number four is the Green Mile. Hey, there we go. What is happening? <laughs> <laughs> Frank Darabont's really good at making movies. Yeah, Stephen King movies is really uh, good. At. Yeah, it's, yes. it's long, but it doesn't feel like it. This movie earned its length more than The Godfather did. <laughs> no, <laughs> shots, shots fired. The Godfather. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. I actually God, agree. I actually so agree with that. It's yeah. a beautiful movie. Partially, mm-hmm. it's so well made. Um, yeah. Everybody gives great performances, and like I said, even though it's long, like the pacing keeps you engaged. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a film that I didn't. Slow. It's a film that I didn't see for the first time until I started doing this podcast, and yeah. I love it. And I I need to rewatch it again. Maybe it would have made my list, but it's it's really great. I love my I love and miss Michael Clark Duncan every damn day. Yeah, because of so because of good. that film and because of so many other films. Like he's usually the best part of any film you put him in. It's. Probably my favorite Stephen King adaptation. Really? Um, yeah. I, I think it's a really well-written movie with a, a great heartwarming, heartbreaking story that's actually kind of important mm-hmm. that, like, has something to say in a way that, like, Shawshank Redemption has something to say, but it's not, like, a thing that honestly matters in my life every day. You know, that movie is more about, like, hey, maybe we should... Pay attention to how we incarcerate people and decide to kill people, um, which you know, mm-hmm. uh, Green Mile does too. But, um, but I like as far that there's as the, like you know, a kind of a fantastical there. element to it, yeah, where there's none sure. in Shawshank Redemption. Yeah, and it kind of keeps yeah. you like, you know, what is this? Is this like an alien, angel, magic? You know, what's going on? And they never really explain it, which is kind of nice, actually. Yeah, the wraparound in Green Mile is yeah. some of my favorite things I've seen in the past five years in terms of like how you handle old age and regret in mm. on film. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's stuff that I look at when I'm trying to figure out a story in my head now. So um, yeah. yeah, it's super good. 
Like I said, I should have rewatched it earlier this week. Yeah. But. Mr. Jingles. Oh, man. I'm tired, but mostly I'm just tired of people. Another appearance by on. Sam Rockwell. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's an asshole in that movie, too. Yeah. He's really good at that. He's really you ever good. noticed yeah. that? He's not an asshole in Galaxy Quest. Oh, no. No. Sorry. He's yeah. snarky. Yeah, yeah. No. He's not an asshole. Uh, no, he's just yeah. an attention. Desperate for attention. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But Cool. Mm. Good pick. Brad? Uh, my number four? Four, yes. Four uh, is a repeat. It's uh, Dogma. Hmm. Cool. It's a good uh, one. Yeah, That's very smart movie. movie. Great performances. Uh, you know, I miss Kevin Smith having something strong to say. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, hopefully um, Jay and Silent Bob uh, reboot will uh, do something about that. Yeah. So, but yeah, Dogma's great. So. Yeah. Zach? My number four is a repeat. It's South Park, Bigger, Longer, and Uncut. Yeah, that's my number four as well. Woohoo! Yeah. A lot. Yeah. Um, uh, a lot of crossover in this episode. There it is. Yeah. Um, no, this this was a holy grail for me as a kid because my parents explicitly told me you can't watch South Park when I was younger. <laughs> and they were right to yeah, do oh, that. Yeah, yeah, but, I was a, but I was a shithead kid. Um, and so I... When I finally ended up watching this film, I think I watched it, I don't know, 10 times in a single week because it's short and you can get away with that when you put it on your Zune slash iPod video, whatever you've got. Wow. I did have one of those, yeah. You watched this movie for the first time on your Zune? No, I watched it on a DVD, like a portable DVD player. Oh, oh, okay. But like I then ripped it onto and put it on my Zune player. Um, 1999, everybody. Well, yeah, not even, but yeah. not, not, not even for me. No. 2004, probably, uh-huh. but yeah. still. He's but, the one guy in Colorado who owned a Zoom. Yeah, because it was affordable. Damn it. Um, uh, yeah, no, I, I think this is one of the most brilliant animated films ever made that isn't done by Disney. Um, uh, I think Trey Parker, and Matt Stone, like, did a good thing by addressing the stupid criticism that they received for their show when it came on the air at the time Mm. um, and wrote a very thoughtful and intelligent film about (laughs) a certain group of people who aren't really paying attention to their children, even though they say they're paying attention to their children. Mm. Um, And in addition to that, had a great premise in which to transplant the South Park characters into a larger scale uh, story. Um, uh, the 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 relationship between Satan and Saddam is very interesting and sad to watch because it's an abusive relationship that Satan needs to get out of. Um, and I liked Kenny's saga of redeeming himself and getting to go up to heaven where all the boobs are. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> um, and um, actually, like the the and, and the music's brilliant. Um, <laughs> The adventure of Stan trying to find the clitoris is still hilarious, and then it turns out to be an actual object in the woods. Um, and uh, I think this is one of Isaac Hayes' greatest performance on in terms of his involvement with the show when he has that line about the Emancipation Proclamation um, and uh, the the whole clitoris thing. It's 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 a very fun, entertaining flick that I think still holds up, um, and uh, I. I love that soundtrack from not just the original music, but also the DVDA songs that are in it. And um, yeah, South Park, bigger or longer, and uncut. 
Man, South Park has changed a lot in 22 years. Yeah. Like yeah. Chef, Satan, Saddam, those are characters you do not see anymore. No. Yeah. Except no. for Satan was in the last season. Well, half of them are dead. Yeah. Hmm. There's Satan, yeah, two dead. Thirds, two Satan thirds for are dead. <laughs> oh, and George Clooney's role as the doctor who puts a baked potato in Kenny's uh, chest in place of his heart. <laughs> It, that is really funny when he goes, damn it, it never gets any easier. And then he just gets up and whistles and walks away. <laughs> oh, that's good. Um, anyway, yeah. James? Oh, uh, my number four was the Green Mile. Uh, my number three is also a repeat. Uh, my number three is Magnolia. Oh. And um, I have always liked this film. Wait. These are fours. You're, you're number four oh, in yeah. South Park. South Park, sorry. Number three. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm tired. No, you're good. Hey, Never in this year's explosion have we gone out of order. Um, I thought I, maybe you were, you, were, you were changing direction. <laughs> we're going to go back the other way. Yeah. I'm tired of getting... It's funny. Corinne keeps getting skipped, too, because they're yeah. getting so many repeats, and it's like, yeah. uh, I don't just, Corinne, start us over again. Um, my number three is probably Vin Diesel's best movie. My number three is The Iron Giant. Two nights ago, a SATCOM radar detected an unidentified object entering Earth's atmosphere. Invaders from Mars. Some assumed it was a large meteor or a downed satellite. This is no meteor, gentlemen. <laughs> this is something much more dangerous. So, I guess you're not gonna hurt me, huh? This is unbelievable. This is the greatest discovery since television or something. Hey, big metal guy! I got food here for you! Oh. My own giant robot. I am now the luckiest kid in America. Banzai! There's Cal Kent Mansley. I work for the government. Now, why would you tell your mom about a giant robot? Mom! Ah! Little privacy! Sorry. What are you talking about? Where's the giant? For some reason, the army is in our front yard, Mr. Mansley. We must stop it at all costs. Go to Code Red! Repeat, Code Red! We've got to help him! Hogarth, no! We gotta hide! Hey, stop! There's a kid in his hand! You can't protect him, Hogarth. Run! Warner Brothers Family Entertainment presents... Hogarth. The story of a young boy... Look out for the boss! ...and a giant from another world... You can fly? ...who became a hero on this one. You can fly! The Iron Giant... Right, it's okay. <laughs> you don't have to. You don't have to hit her. <laughs> no, it's all right. Screw Fast and the Fury. <laughs> right, but then the Rock. <laughs> but have I mean, you... it'd be better if the Rock was that voice of the Iron Giant. But <laughs> I'm not counting the Avengers movies. But have you seen the Riddick trilogy? No. <laughs> Wait, there's three of them. Yeah. yeah. Oh fuck. Remember Page Black, Chronicles of Riddick, and then just Riddick. Oh, that's right. Remember? Fuck. 
Yeah. I blocked Riddick out of my mind. Which one? Of that one? The, the, it was probably for the best, and we ruined it. The one where he tells the lesbian that just needs a good deep dick in. Oh, my mm. God. Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah. fuck that movie. Can we forget about those? Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, back to an actual uh, great movie. Yeah, The yeah. Iron Giant is fucking awesome, unlike all those other movies y'all were talking about. <laughs> I'm really sad now. So, oh so my confrontational. <laughs> that when he says Superman there at the end. <laughs> it's, so, it's so sad, you guys. Now this this movie has like this is the standard bearer for all of those like boy and a robot movies. Anytime I see those like Transformers or whatever, it's like, no, nah, Iron Giant did it better. Yeah. So. I have attack. He's playing uh, one of those endless time. run games. Sounds like oh, the dinosaur that Ellie gotcha. looks at in Jurassic Park. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. I haven't seen it in a long time, but yeah. it's still really good. I need to watch it again. I think the reveal of the robot is really good, yeah. really well done, because it's yeah. just like <laughs> looking around for it, and there's like footprints or something. I don't remember. But the thing at the end where he's putting himself back together—that's so great. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> it's a good, it's a good film. I'm, James, I'm surprised it's not on your list. I found it very on the nose when I saw it as a kid. Uh, so like, I walked out of it being like, man, there, were, there sure were a lot of like obvious politics in that movie. And I was like 10. Um, <laughs> so uh, I, I own it. I need to watch it again. I know it's great. <laughs> That's another one for the poster um, thing I'm doing. But yeah, yeah, when you got all excited earlier, right before I did The Matrix, and you were like, oh, is it going to be? And oh, I no, thought, I thought, That's I th- what you were getting excited about. I thought it was Xenon Girl of the 21st Century. No. I mean, I think that's obvious. Yeah. Um, I get excited about, about Xenon Girl of the 21st Century. Uh, but, yeah, no, Iron Giant's great. It's great. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not Fast you Five. You are not a weapon. You are It's not even Furious 7. <laughs> yeah. No, it's good. It's really good. Yeah. <laughs> Huh? So there it is, Brad. Uh, my number three is another repeat. Uh, this is this the Fugitive and What Dreams May Come are like some of the first grown-up movies that I like paid attention to. Yeah, because before that I'm just watching like Independence Day and Men in Black and Star Trek and you know more more sugary movies, I guess. I yeah. Um, uh, my number three is The Green Mile. Yeah. Um, I remember writing this from Blockbuster and then just like, you know, oh, I'm going to watch this because, you know, it, it seemed like it might be good. I missed it in the theater, even though I was going to the theater a bunch and watching movies. Mm. And I just like sat there at the end going like, wow, I can't believe I just watched that. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. What other movies are like this out there? Um, yeah, it's great. Yeah. yeah. Kind of a, one of those moments that redefines good. Yeah. I can't believe that was three hours. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I want to keep going. I didn't. I don't even remember that it is three hours. Like you guys have said that a couple of times now, and I'm like, Wait, is it, it might actually be two and a half. Long? But if mm, like, it's three, man, yeah. yeah. I would have. If you'd asked me, I would have said it was like, uh, you know, maybe, maybe almost two. Actually, I think I remember sitting there and like not paying attention to the runtime, and then like look at the clock, and be like, that was three hours. <laughs> like, wow, my, that's the longest we've ever watched ever. <laughs> that's not true. I watched Gettysburg. That's another one. Gettysburg. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. that's like four hours. Yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah. Cool. Green Mile's great. It's a great pick. It's a great, great pick. Zach? Uh, My number three is a repeat. My number three is um, The Matrix. Um, That's a great movie. It is. Um, Side note, Green Mile is three hours, nine minutes. Damn. 
the number three, my number three is the Matrix. It is. Oh, yeah. cool. Let's talk about it. Um, yeah, I, I saw the Matrix the first time, like I think a year before Reloaded and Revolutions were going to come out, and I wore the fuck out of the DVD, like going through the special features, commentaries, everything. Um, it's a film that. I mean, if it weren't for the other two in my list, like it probably would be number one because I do go back to it so often. Um, and I, it's so much so that like it, it, it made me like when I first saw the sequels, like I wasn't di- disappointed by them right away. That didn't, that didn't come for me till later because I was so young. And then I now have a better reappreciation for at least Reloaded. Um, yeah. But I think it's a a wonderful, interesting world that the Wachowskis created. Yes. Uh, I think Keanu's fantastic in the film. I think Hugo, this is Hugo weaving at possibly his finest. If it's not, if it's Man not my household name. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, I mean, I like him in other things and I still love him in V for Vendetta, but this is a, a series of films. And this one, especially where he has a lot to chew on and he does it really well. Mm-hmm. Um, Joey pants has some great moments what? in this film. Phone call. Yeah. Joey Pants. <laughs> How about I give you the finger? <laughs> I know my rights. You can't scare me with this Gestapo crap. Um, and um, and it's a slew of actors that are just great. There's fun moments in it. Like, believe it or not, you piece of shit, you're still going to burn. Um, Someone should cut the Dark Knight Joker scene where he wants his phone call and then the Matrix where he wants his phone call. <laughs> Ooh, a mashup we've never I seen. I think they'll line up. They might. Um, yeah, and... Um, and you know who doesn't love a film that ends with Keanu Reeves flying in the sky, and then you hear "Quit it now," um, and some rage against the machine plays. It's it's a fun it's a fun flick. Um, and the Wachowskis to me have always been at the forefront of something that ends up being utilized by every film after it. Much like Speed Racer kind of premonitions some stuff like that, but Matrix you know sets the standard for action films as we know it today, like whether it's the visual effects that they accomplish or the storytelling that they achieved in that first film. um, It's, it's, it's still a masterpiece to me in my mind. Yeah. uh, The movie is, is absolutely brilliant and remains. So even to this day, Uh, I think the, the way that they weave philosophy into that first movie is incredible. Um, I think I told this the first time we did this, episode uh that when i i didn't get to see this movie in theater because it was rated r and if my parents had known like what it was they probably would have been okay because i was 12 13 at mm. the time it came out that's about the first um, time that I, but uh, I i didn't see it until maybe a year later or so maybe a year and a half later when they showed it on tv and i watched it downstairs in our basement where like there was a big cathode tube tv down there awkwardly on a shelf mm-hmm. and i f- i stumbled ac- across the movie and stood in front of this TV and watched it in the basement uh, for, you know, whatever, two hours. Um, because I just, I didn't, I was like, I, I have to finish this. Like, this is incredible. Mm. Uh, and then I got obsessed with it and watched it every time I could until I finally convinced my parents, like, no, we need to rent this movie and watch it, like, tonight. We all need to watch this movie. This is important. Um, the, the, um the action scene at the end of this movie, like the whole third act of this movie mm-hmm. is one of the most incredible pieces of action ever on film. And, and at the time, um, very ambitious and it still oh, feels ambitious when you watch it. Yeah. It still works really well and is still more impressive than even some of the really crazy stuff that we get today. Um, also just as a piece of, 
of history at this point, now that you look back and you can say that one of the greatest action films of all time was directed by two transgendered women, mm-hmm. is important. Yep. Um, Very much so. Yeah, it's it's a f- fabulous movie. It is one of those desert island films that I would watch any day of the week, multiple times in a row, and never get bored of because it is just constant art and cool. And and you can feel the Wachowskis like love of the of the subject that they're handling in the film like that yeah. and that happens with a lot of their films like more than you'd think like yeah. i mean speed racer is full of it too like i said but but the matrix is definitely full of just like that influence is permeating through the screen of what they love getting it on there and um and you know i i can't think of another film f- like ever where i I mean, I don't think the question of the reality thing like hit me as hard as other people, but what did hit me was the idea of how they built that world and what it's constructed of. Um, it's because it because I mean, not just because it permeates into other films, but just like it's it's a fascinating thing to think about even beyond film. So it's a movie where like the craft that they put into that movie displays how much they really believe what that movie is trying to say is important. Yeah. And it is. And the scenes when they're in st- in the in the tunnels like when they're not in the matrix, those visually still hold up if you watch it on the 4K Blu-ray. Oh, yeah. They still hold up. Especially considering that theirs are all completely green screen at a time where you couldn't do that. Yeah. Um there's very little yeah. in that first film that doesn't hold up visually. It's the sequels that have a little trouble with that. Yeah. Also, it's super dope because there's a time where the one guy shoots the bullets at the dude, and then the other dude is like, and he bends backwards, and the bullets are like, and he's like, but and then he runs over and he jump and he jumps and he jumps into the dude, and then he's like, and then he die, and you think he's dead, and then he like flexes and shatters, and then and then Hugo Weaving turns into a puzzle, and <laughs> yeah, man, and then right. Rage Against the Machine. Cool. Win it now. <laughs> number three. Uh, you'll never guess my number three. What? It's uh, a repeat. It's Magnolia. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> I genuinely forgot. That thing from minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I, I like this movie. I like the story it tells. Uh, I think the performances are all spot on. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And Especially it's, Tom Cruise. Yeah, no, you know, yeah, Tom Cruise is amazing in this film because yeah. his arc is really unique. Because Why don't you go back behind the bleachers and get him pregnant, Ryan? Uh, wow. <laughs> wow. Corinne. My goodness. Um, but, I mean, his but arc's Ryan really cool because he starts off as this self-help kind of scumbag, and he is. Mm-hmm. And then Sup- he, super misogynist yeah, incel yeah. son of a bitch. Yeah. yeah. And then he's, you know, destroyed by the end of the film, which is always one of... One of my most favorite scenes with Tom that Cruise. That scene is um, just where he's so good. Where his dad's dying and he's yelling at his oh, it's, like fuck you. Yeah, it's oh, so God. awesome. Um, uh, so yeah, another three-hour movie that does feel like three hours. And then frogs happen. Yep. Music video in the middle of that damn movie. Yep. There's a music video in the middle of that movie. I need to rewatch and it. And then frogs fall from the sky. It's, it's a good super movie. Super weird. Yep. It's great. Yep. So good. Yep. Cran number two. Uh, my number two needs no introduction. It's Toy Story 2. Mine too! Boom. What an appropriate place for yeah. a two movie. Yeah! So cliche. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about this earlier. I like how this movie blends the, like, the cowboy, like, 1950s era TV program of, like, Woody and his background versus Woody's the Brown. the video game 
uh, you know, with Zerg and the little toy where mm-hmm. he's doing all that with, you know, Buzz Lightyear. Oh, yeah. You know, you have the cowboy and the spaceman and, you know, they both got their separate things going on, but they blend together in this beautiful movie and so I think what what often gets overlooked when we talk about this movie is like we talk about Jesse a lot, but mm-hmm. a lot of that story is really about Woody finding himself and learning who he is, mm-hmm. uh, and us learning that along the way. And like those scenes are so wonderful. And when he's he like, when he paints over Andy's name on the boot, and you're like, oh yeah, <gasps> oh yeah, one of my f- so well done. One of my favorite moments in that film has to be when they're watching the Woody's Roundup show, mm-hmm. and it ends on the cliffhanger, and Woody says. Come on, what's next? Come on, we want to see the last episode. And he's like, "That's yeah. it. The show is canceled after that." And I was like, <laughs> "Yeah." I mean, it's, it's like, like it's, it's, suddenly it's, it's so not bitter. like the tearjerker moment, but it's like one of those things of just like something just it just strikes a chord somewhere yeah. somehow. Like it's and yeah. watching him watch the show and being entertained by it, and it asks a really interesting, almost philosophical question of what is the purpose and the nature of toys? Mm-hmm. Are they meant to be played with, or are they meant to be adored from afar? One. You know, now that we like now that I think about it, and collectibles. it might be might be the best villain in a Pixar film, at least up there. I mean, it's certainly one of the best um, justified villains. Like the prospector's argument there, and what? Oh, what I thought he's you meant the human. Uh, yeah, I mean that guy just is doing what he does. But it's the prospector who like hurts Woody, mm-hmm. traps him. And and forces him to do something different than what he wants to do, right? Like, and but his justification for why he's doing it is is very fair. When he reveals that he, when you reveal that he's screwing the grape back on, yeah, that mm-hmm. is that shocked me. It's a really my good sister. twist. Yeah, I couldn't believe. I don't it feel like Zach should get to talk about this movie. He didn't even put it on his <laughs> yeah, list. Yeah, I don't Doesn't even mean I don't like it. I'm not entirely sh- sure you've seen. this I like film. Magnolia. It's not on my list either. So. Um, <laughs> House. On hot, god damn it! I have anyway, fun with that film. Uh, <laughs> so uh-huh. yeah, like that moment, that twist moment is fantastic. Um, but also the fact that like you know, Woody's the famous popular guy, and the prospector's the guy that that no one ever actually loved. He has a pickaxe. Never had butt. that opportunity because he wasn't cool. It does bring um, up a good question of if Woody is this old of a toy, to does he remember his owners before Andy? Sure, buddy. Right, like if he was owned by Andy's dad or something, you know, would wouldn't he remember being yeah. around back when the show was on? Right, mm. I don't know. Yeah, do Man. they Congru- get new memories every time they get a new owner? A Toy Story Four doesn't seem is like there, that. Is there a twisted room where all toys get taken and lobotomized before they're given to new owners? Um, I don't know. I, I mean, actually- <laughs> the whole Toy Story Three doesn't seem to indicate that. But yeah. I was actually wondering after Toy Story Five, like, is there a or after Toy Story four, <laughs> what, like if they did Toy Story five, um, like they've never addressed. Like I think in two they actually do the multiple Buzz Light years. Yeah, yeah. And the store, um, but obviously there's got to be other Woody dolls out there that he could run into. Yeah, well, maybe. No, remember they say he's the most he's rare a collectible. one. Yeah, yeah. But so if he's well, but if he's, he's locked just because Big Al couldn't ever, find yeah. him, isn't it because yeah. he has his hat? Well, the the hat certainly makes him more valuable, mm-hmm. but I think part of it is that you know he's a fabric doll. He can he wears out a lot easier than like. And I mean, a if he's from the fifties or sixties, yeah. I mean, he's, he's popular. Like Thirty years old at least. Yeah, I mean, I mean you mean might American pickers might find a real worn out one. Oh, that'd be sweet. 
That's the plot of Toy Story 5. It actually be American Pickers. Yeah. Like he comes up, he's twisted, he's got a scar across one eye, he's dirty. Somebody's just sewn like a, a potato sack to his body because he's lost all of his body. So he's just like a disembodied head, potato sack for a body. He's desperate to be played with again, so he kidnaps Woody. <laughs> he just <laughs> screams. Places him. He just screams like swear words. Muppets. Where people. The, the, the Muppets movie, Jason Siegel, where the bad Woody takes his place, and it's so bad that... <laughs> oh, the Muppets. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. no one oh, knows. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Woody, what happened to you? He just sits there in the corner growling at people constantly. <laughs> There's just me. <laughs> Fucking spaceman. I like the outtakes at the end. They're pretty funny. The one with the Bugs Life characters, and then yeah. they get knocked off the branch. Yeah, it's really good. They uh, deleted some of those outtakes. I uh, on my 4K, I switched out my old Blu-ray for the one they had in that um, steelbook, and I'll put it in my other one. Wait, why? When did they, what do you mean they deleted The Stinky Pete part where he's uh, doing a casting couch with the Barbie dolls. Oh. They deleted that from the Yikes. 4K release. Ooh. Yeah. Man. Did not hold I hadn't up. thought of that. Yeah. Gotcha. I don't remember that one. Huh. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, Brad. Uh, my number two, um, my, my whole summer revolved around this uh, release. Yeah. Um, I still appreciate it. Um, I get I, I get that it's not uh, great, but the pod race scene is pretty cool. Some would call it the best. And that dual lightsaber thing is awesome. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah. I would watch it in the theater again if I could because there's some craftsmanship in that movie that's just above and beyond Absolutely. a lot of other things you get. So my number two is Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. I will not condone a course of action that will lead us to war. A communications disruption can mean only one thing, invasion. At last we will reveal ourselves to the Jedi. At last we will have revenge. Begin landing your troops. We haven't much time. The Federation has gone too far. Is catastrophic. Our people are dying, Senator. We must do something quickly. You must contact me. There is something else behind all this, Your Highness. They will kill you if you stay. I can only protect you. I can't fight a war for you. I think we're going to have to accept Federation control for the time being. This is a battle I do not think that we can win. I will sign no treaty, Senator. You said people are going to die? Once those droids take control of the surface, they will take control of you. I was not elected to watch my people suffer and die while you discuss this invasion in a committee. Get me our ships! They will never get me onto one of those dreadful starships. Always do. There are a master and an apprentice. Wipe them out, all of them. 
Thank uh, you, Brad. I really appreciate it. Excuse me, Brad. Say the whole title. It's Disney's Star Wars. <laughs> this was not episode. Disney's when it came out in 1999. Disney's Lucasfilms. <laughs> Disney's, Disney's Lucasfilm. Star Wars is Phantom One. The film menace. Sepulba's Star Wars episode. Woof. Yeah, I saw this 12 times in the theater when yeah. it came out. Um, and like I said, uh, all the merch and marketing and standing like. That was like I think the last time I ever had to stand in line for a movie mm-hmm. um, at Denver West. Uh, it was huge, yeah. and uh, it's kind of amazing how you had to stand in a line. So did I tell you the story? So <laughs> there I was. So I was first in line, and then I get in the theater, and this fucker. <laughs> I've been tensing out for days. Yeah, I remember, like at the Continental, literally there were people in tents for like oh, a week. Oh, they're at Denver West too. Yeah, yeah. and um, I beat them in. <laughs> showed them uh but yeah i think there's still a lot of things to enjoy like darth maul was a super cool villain and it sucked he was dispatched by the end of it he's yeah. not dispatched though shh, shh, shh. in 1999 shh. you feel like he's dispatched we don't need to talk about it um yeah like again that pod pod uh race scene and uh that, that dual lightsaber fight with darth yeah. maul qui-gon Jinn, and, and uh Obi-Wan it, it just blew my mind. It was just so much fun to watch. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, story elements aside. So, uh, yeah. Uh, Jar Jar Binks, not that bad. Jake Lloyd, worse. Mm-hmm. But Jar Jar Binks, not that bad. Yeah, it's weird. I've never bothered by that kid's performance because I was like, oh, he's a kid. What are you doing, Mike? <laughs> yeah. What do I expect from him? Uh, Greatness. Uh, Jar Jar Binks. Super 8. A little annoying, but it was also fun to like. So, for this... Um, video project we snuck into the walmart with a camera because we didn't want to buy the jar jar binks like dancing doll <laughs> and just filmed them through the packaging <laughs> um yeah, yeah. i i'm when i saw it when I, when I saw it in the theater like my dad took a second weekend like i had fun with it because it was just star wars in a theater but i was eight at the time and then as i got older my disappreciation for it grew i don't hate it though like i can still watch it like the worst Star Wars movie is ten times better than some other bad movies, you know? Like oh, it, yeah. it's 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 not unwatchable, but it is a little frustrating. But like there's parts of it I love. I love Liam Neeson and Ewan McGregor in the movie. I think they are both really good. And it's, you know, decidedly not the worst Star Wars movie. And the one that I saw had Yoda as a puppet. What that was is cool, James? Even though it's a weird looking puppet. That's definitely not the worst prequel. Attack of the Clones is the worst Star Wars movie. Okay. I would agree with that. Ryan and I can at least agree that Attack of the Clones is the worst Star Wars movie. Do you really think Episode One is worse than Attack of the Clones? Yes. But can you still watch that it? That meandery piece of shit you think is better than Attack of the Clones? Yep. But it's a mystery movie, James. You oh, don't goodness. get it. <laughs> oh, with that love story and Attack wait, wait, of the Clones. Wait, 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 wait. That's wait, not wait, important. Wait. It's a mystery movie. You would rather wait, watch that awkward C3PO love story. C-3PO in a factory thing... <laughs> Is worse than Attack of the He's got Buster Keaton-like timing. <laughs> Remember um, that? There is not a scene in, in, in uh, Phantom Menace as bad as C-3PO stuck in a weird factory thing for no reason. <laughs> uh, I stand by my decision. Um, <sighs> but but like I said, you, can you still watch Phantom Menace, though? Like oh, in yeah. terms of like if you're oh, playing yeah. Okay, oh, cool, yeah. yeah. There... When you're saying what's the worst Star Wars film, I would yeah, take yeah. that over, you know, a lot of other movies. Yeah. Hard to get to Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's way better than Hard Ticket to Hawaii. <laughs> I mean, there is no dude blown up by a rocket launcher, but... <laughs> Hooray! Or a killer They don't frisbee. think it's that bad. <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's definitely way high up because of the nostalgia factor. Totally. So, yeah. Yes. Anyway, that's my number two. But not your number one. We can actually do this in under three hours, guys. Yeah. yeah. Zach? Uh, my number two um, is a film that if it were again like my number one and my two could go back and forth but my number two is a film that I watched like uh, with no other compunction other than uh, that I liked the screenwriters that were involved and I walked out very very influenced and uh, surprised and moved Um, and it's one of the final films by Milos Forman Uh, my number two is Man on the Moon Hello, I am Andy. I want to be the biggest star in the world. Your act is like amateur hour. And I'm not like everybody else. I really like what you did out there. I'm not a comedian. I don't want to go for cheap laughs. You shark! What's wrong with this guy? They detest you. That means we're a success. 40 million people are watching you every week. Party time for latka. Some of us at Saturday Night Live think Andy Kaufman's a comic genius. Thank you very much. You just don't respect anything. You said some pretty inflammatory things. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I've always got to be one step ahead of them. This guy is so obnoxious. It's good old-fashioned entertainment, George. Is Andy Kaufman crazy? I'm just acting crazy. I'm going to do it again and again and again and again and again and again and again. I'm a bad person. You are a complicated person. You don't know the real me. There isn't a real you. Oh, yeah. I forgot. Milos Forman, Academy Award-winning director of One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest and Amadeus. You're insane. But you might also be brilliant. Comes the story of the man, the myth, the misunderstanding. So you just pretend to be an ass. That's what I'm good at. This Christmas, Jim Carrey brings the legend to life. I would like to take this entire audience out for milk and cookies. Follow me. God damn it. Man on the Moon is a pretty wonderful film. Um, did I sweep you? No. Oh, okay. Um, Toy Story fucking two. No. Because <laughs> um, I, 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 I'm pretty sure I know what your number one is. That's its working title. Um, <laughs> of course you know what my number one is. We've recorded this episode before. <laughs> um, no, Man on the Moon is the, is the true story, quote unquote. Of of uh, Andy Kaufman and one of the things that I appreciated is that Scott Alexander and Larry Karaszewski, um, the writers of Ed Wood and People versus Larry Flint and um, lots of 
fun films. They, because <laughs> I'm not going to mention Problem Child all through the series. Um, they they managed to write really interesting biopics, and I think this might be somehow even more interesting than Ed Wood in the sense that it's tackling a character where his entire existence is based on not knowing whether or not he's telling the truth. Yeah. Um, I think this is one of Jim Carrey's best performances, hands down. Um, I think that the very nature of there being a little bit of revisionist history on Danny DeVito's part producing the film lends itself to the very nature of the story. And I do ultimately feel that it is a interesting film about being a performer and being a showman that takes some unique, interesting and unique angles. And I think that the very end of the film where it reveals that, um, Bob Zamuda played by Paul Giamatti is sitting in the audience when they're watching Tony Clifton performing is one of the best. Oh shit. Moments that I had in a movie. Um, when, uh, like when I like saw it in terms of all the films that I was watching at that time. Um, so, and it ties in well to that REM song. That's why they put it as a title of the film. So, um, yeah, Man on the Moon. Um, it's weird because this is like the second to last Milos Forman movie ever made because after this he does Goya's Ghost and then he's gone. So, um, it's a weird. What did he do? Bef- did he do something between Amadeus and Man on the Moon? I don't know. I'd have to check. Um, I, I, I want to say no, though, because. Because that's like 84 to 99, so that's a, another huge gap in his career. No, People versus Larry Flint. People oh. vs. Larry Flint is Milos. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah, you fucking idiot. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, no. I've no, never no. seen you so mad, Zach. He's like, no. People versus Larry Flint. You did- <laughs> I wasn't, fuck you and fuck this podcast. <laughs> I wasn't I wasn't mad. Oh. Hmm. I need to, sorry, Zach. I, 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 didn't, I don't watch <laughs> shitty biopics. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a shitty biopic. It's a wonderful film with a great performance by Mr. Jim Carrey. Oh, and he finds out that the medicine man's cure at the end, Mystic and he just pizza? laughs and then dies. It's pretty. It's pretty sad and happy at the same time. Anyway, yeah, Man on the Moon, number two. You always, I always know when Zach really likes a movie because he just talks about it for so long. Then I forget he's still talking, and then I come back when he gets mad at Brad. <laughs> but you had, but you had fun looking at your phone, didn't you? <laughs> sure. Do, do I ever have fun looking at my phone? I don't. So, <laughs> James, Toy Story two, right? What's up? Toy Story, oh, Toy Story 2. Uh, yeah. Ryan's also repeat. It's The Matrix. Yeah! Corinne, you're number one. Oh. You're not going to talk about The Matrix? Okay. You can't yeah. be told what The Matrix is. You have to see it for yourself. <laughs> uh, I think we, no, I think we all talked about The Matrix already. It's, oh, yeah. Because um, yeah. somebody brought it up an hour and a half ago. I don't really care for it. I'm sorry. <laughs> Okay. I don't That's have okay. nostalgia goggles for it. Unlike okay. my number one choice, my nostalgia goggles for this movie are thick. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, that I was the... thick. Yeah. <laughs> Xenon girl. Johnny. I mean, tsunami. it is it is like a science fiction movie Virus. with some kids running around. You know? The Explorers. No. <laughs> That's 85. I was definitely the target demographic for this movie and saw it like seven or eight or nine times and Star had like kid. all the toys. My number one is The Phantom Menace. Oh, cool. Wow, man. Whoa. I'm so glad Brad had it at number two. I thought I was going to have to like flip the table and like flip the bird at y'all and be like, no. I don't care. I love this movie. 
It's great. I don't love it. I mean. That'd be pretty <laughs> shocking if you did do it's that. It's <laughs> fun. It was unbelievably huge at the time. Yeah, I mean, like, it, it's it's a culturally significant movie. It's, you know, I it means a lot to me personally. So it's definitely got flaws. I'm not saying it doesn't. Yep, but yeah. that's okay. Holy shit, that fight at the end. Yeah. That score. Yeah. And, like, Natalie Portman became a household yeah, name Natalie because Portman. of that movie. And Kira Knightley, who plays her double. Has there yeah. been that, a, that was a fun twist in that movie. Rose Byrne <laughs> is in that film. No, yep. I think she's in the second one. Oh. I think she's her decoy at the beginning or something. <laughs> That's right. Or handmaid or something. Just one of the other. Well, anyway. Maybe. <laughs> I know she's in the second one. I don't know about the first. Yeah, Kira Knightley is the first double. Yeah, you right. said that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, Has I mean, there been I, a... I like the world building and... I mean, yeah, parts of it are kind of eh, boring, but I mean, I was eight years old and I didn't care. So, has there been a better lightsaber battle since then? Because I, I mean, uh, I like Ray and Kylo and Seven, but that's well, yeah, that has way more emotional weight to it. Yeah, this one is more. I don't know if you would count the one with the Praetorian Guard since they're technically not lightsabers, but they do have. Yeah, that lightsaber battle is pretty sweet. Mm -hmm. The Last Jedi. Last Jedi, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that yeah. all that lightsaber fight is so good. He's chopping this, down. Pieces. John Williams has consistently really good, yeah. been the best thing about Star Wars in the whole saga. Okay, maybe the, the most consistently good thing in the whole saga. The amount of hope, ironically, that we had coming out of that movie is actually pretty incredible. Because yeah, when you when you come out of the Duel of the Fates and you're like, holy shit, Star Wars can be like that, like. What kind of fight scenes could we have in the future? And then, mm -hmm. and then, and then we get the lava fight. I'm sending you to Mustafar. I can defend the Phantom Menace much more easily than I can defend Attack of the Clones. Or revenge. I, I think Revenge has some good, good stuff going yep. in it. It's the best prequel. I agree. Oh my but God, yeah, I think it so it bad. gave us a lot of things that we take for granted now, like you know, seeing the Senate, the Republic oh. that we had heard about. The Jedi that we had, you know, and the the Council, and oh, if you've seen potential. the Clone Wars series, it makes it all so much better. Oh, so much potential. The ET aliens are in that Senate chamber. Yep. All right, now it's the worst. <laughs> <laughs> They're very small. You can't really see. All right, I'm back in. <laughs> so, yeah. It's a good pick. Yeah. Great movie. Brad. Uh, so my number one. Uh, a long time ago. I, I went to a star far, fest. Far away. No, I already did that one. He broke the rules and put it I, number I one. Another and one two. Thing, he yeah. saw in my basement. My one and two spots are the same movie. <laughs> um, no, a, a long time ago, I went to a star fest, and they used to have a really cool merch table where they had like the twenty-four by se or twenty-four by s wait 20, twenty-seven by 27 forty by posters 40, yeah. and buttons. And there was a button that said, "What is the Matrix?" And I was like, "What is the Matrix?" I took that button. I kept it. And I didn't know. <laughs> it's like, eventually I'm going to find out what this movie is. And then, yeah, The Matrix came out. And I was like, that was interesting. And then uh, yeah, a couple weeks later, my friends wanted to see it again. So I saw it again. And I was like, huh, something's going on in this movie. And then I think three, two or three more times, I was like, this movie's badass. Yeah, um, it's like the Matrix or the the, the that Neo, Morpheus was trying to find you. That's why he put the button there at Starfest. Yeah. yeah, there you go. That but, was your white rabbit. But if you had told me in early 1999 what was going to be the most important movie of that year, Star Wars or The right. Matrix, 
I would not have picked the Matrix. Uh, yeah. It's Both pretty of them impressive. Are very important, though. They're important, mm-hmm. but like the the Matrix was a game changer. Yeah. For making movies and yeah. special effects. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's all I have to say about that. Like I think that's that, the only movie that's on everyone's list. Uh-huh. Um, that movie, so many movies borrowed from that movie in the next 10 years um, is pretty disgusting. Yeah. Um, and Shrek. <laughs> Blade 2. <Shrek. laughs> um, yeah. And it just so ushered in a whole whole new kind of movie mm-hmm. so that the matrix has a very important part in history and that's why it's on my number one spot for 1999 yeah it's really good even people should revisit the sequels and just watch it for the for the elements at play and not necessarily for the way they're assembled yep because um, there's cool there's so many cool ideas and cool intentions in those sequels and if you just kind of intentions, s- yeah, yeah. If you, no, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> that doesn't need to pay off. And and every time an action scene comes up, you should just squint at the TV. <laughs> if you just squint, it might look okay. Um, but yeah, and I I think they are working on another Matrix movie with the Wachowskis. But uh, cool, do it. Mm, they had three bites of the apple, kind of junked up two of them. I would. Uh, I I think it's a universe that they uh, that has other characters what about uh, the animatrix could... uh, i don't remember that so well but um like overall it's it's you know it's a star wars it's like a robust star wars yeah. universe that you could tell other stories in it without going back to like morpheus and neo yeah. mm-hmm. in trinity um and i think they should probably like it would be cool to see another director maybe tackle that oh totally yeah mm-hmm. last flight of the osiris is Really awesome. It's a really good turn, yeah. Uh, and probably the way that Reloaded should have started. Hmm. Um, so. Zach, cool. good pick. You're Zach, you're number one. My number one is a repeat. It's The Mummy. Wow. Yeah. Uh, this this list has been very nostalgic for me because this is the, this year happened to have a lot of films that I have fun with. And The Mummy But not is, Toy Story 2. In my head. <laughs> if I... So... I grew up with The Mummy being a constant rewatch in the house. Totally. Um, my sister and I really love that movie. It means a lot to both of us. It's one of the things we bond over as brother and sister is mm-hmm. Brendan Fraser's heroics, uh, the Evie character, mm-hmm. um, uh, the the Benny character, making fun of Benny. Uh, uh, I think for me personally, The Mummy is one of those things that further encouraged my love of the universal monster movies. Cause I watched them prior to watching this version of the mummy for some reason, like it just kind of helped me keep going and rewatching these films to the point where like, you know, I, when that box set came out, I eagerly bought it knowing I didn't probably didn't have enough money cause I love those films a lot. And the mummy um, does have a lot of, a lot to do with that. Um, it's a fun adventure film. Um, I'm not like I'm not one way or another on Stephen Summers, um, but I'm I, one way on him. So, because <laughs> um, he's Greatness. a because he's a director that I wish would be doing more right now. Um, yeah, and I don't think the G.I.G. movie he did was bad at all. Nope, uh, I don't think it's good, but I don't think it's bad. Um, it is neither good nor bad. Yeah, it's it's somewhere there. Um, but I think what what the Mummy does more than anything is that it it. it it really just is a fun time and 
it's a movie that I look to when I think of like what can I do to make something fun or wh- how, what what's the idea of fun for me and for me the idea of fun is watching a silly movie about a mummy curse and then watching Brendan Fraser have to solve that mystery um and I really love Brendan Fraser like he's an actor that I there are films of his that are baffling favorites of mine like I like Looney Tunes back in action I think it's a fun film um I I like Airheads um I like Encino Man like he's an actor that I do like watching and like thinking about and I wish that he would do more um again he's not like somebody that like blows my mind in terms of an intelligence scale but he's an actor that I really solidly love watching and he's great in this movie mm-hmm. he's wonderful in the second film and he's the only part of the third film that's even remotely worth watching mm-hmm. so um yeah the mummy and um I, the CGI doesn't hold up obviously but I still like the look of the mummy I think a lot um, of it holds up well well enough. Yeah. Um, and um, <laughs> Better I, than the Scorpion King. In the, the second, second movie, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and one of my favorite lines in the whole movie, hands down, is Benny's um, on one side of the river going like, Hey, O'Connell, it looks to me like I've got all the horses. Hey, Benny, looks to me like you're on the wrong side of the river. Yeah, <laughs> super good. Um, so, yeah, The Mummy means a lot to me. Um, if, if I were going to be like you know, picking quality over uh, enjoyment, I probably would have put Man on the Moon, but I really love The Mummy. Yeah. It's a good pick. Yeah. Uh, quick sequel pitch. Uh, the sequel to The Mummy should have been Brendan Fraser and team find themselves on the island from the end of Deep Rising and have to fight the weird thing in the trees. That yes. is a great fucking idea. That's what they should have done. Man. Even though I have not seen Deep Rising, but I've seen Dude, clips Deep of Rising. Deep Rising. I haven't seen the whole thing. Up. Did they, yeah, who, that's fun. Who put, out, who put out the Blu-ray? Kino Lower. I, I showed Deep Rising to Brooks. She thought it was a really fun time. That's, that's the best way you can describe Deep Rising. Yes. It's ridiculous, but it's fun. When we would pause the movie for like popcorn or bathroom breaks, she was in a hurry and wanted to finish the movie because <laughs> she was enjoying that's it quite awesome. a bit. And I was like... Holy shit. Like, I would not. I, like, threw it into a stack as a joke, and she looked at it and was like, We should watch this. This sounds cool. And I was like, Cool is an aggressive term, but it's great. <laughs> so, I've only seen, like, clips and bits of it, but I've never seen the whole thing. Yeah. Would I like it if I really liked The Mummy? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, cool. yeah, 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 yeah. Cool. I'm going to I'm gonna have to you, check it out then. Yeah. It will, it will make you a Stephen Summers fan. Okay. You'll watch that movie and be like, Oh, yeah, this guy was a genius. See, we should have given him more movies. See, yeah, the fact that Never I haven't seen it, it does make me feel kind of like a jerk, but it's just one that I haven't watched for whatever reason. Yet. Oh, it's a terrible movie. It's so good. Okay. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. Yep. yeah. But The Mummy, pretty perfect, for yeah. me at least. It's great. Uh, my number one. Uh, my number one is still October Sky. It's the radio signal transmitted by the Soviet Sputnik as it traverses the October Sky. Did you see Sputnik go over the other night? Anywhere in the world, someone could look up and see exactly what I saw. To everyone else, it was just a light in the sky. Let them have outer space. We got rock and roll. But to Homer Hickam, it was the future. Sputnik is a milestone in history. And just maybe a way out. College scholarships for winning a science fair? I'm going to build a rocket. You better take an interest in your own town. Just don't blow yourself up. Night. Hey, should we get behind something? What do you want to know about rockets? Everything. 
A lucky one will get out on a football scholarship. How about I believe in the unlucky ones? You better have a talk with your son, Elsie. He's out of control. Would you please sign my newspaper? H-O-M. This is great, Miss Riley. I learn everything. Oh, get it for the mind. Oh, thank the good Lord that you didn't kill anybody. Things are bad at the mine. Daddy's stuck in the middle. Well, you put all this nonsense behind you, Homer. It isn't nonsense. Sure was exciting watching your rockets go up. I know I'm gonna be a miner. I've known my entire life. I have no choice. As long as you are alive on this planet, you have a choice. From the producer of Field of Dreams, a Joe Johnston film. Coal mine's your life. It's not mine. Universal Pictures presents the true story of a boy who risked everything for a dream. You want to get out of here so bad, then go. Go! Yeah, I'll go. I won't even look back. Sometimes you just can't listen to what anybody else says. You just got to listen inside. This spring, turn your eyes to the sky and watch what happens when everything you believe in soars. We got a chance. October Sky. What? Which is a really great way to make sure no one sweeps me. <laughs> but will he? But will he get out of that mining town? I told this oh. on the last one, but my friend Brandon and I used to always make fun of the poster and the box <laughs> art for it because their mouths are agape. And they're looking up to the sky. Laura Dern's looking at that moon. Yep. And she's just waiting for that October a big sky to go into her mouth. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I remember seeing that at Blockbuster all the time. Oh, yeah. Never yeah. saw it. That Dude, was a classic uh, movie. You should have. So, uh, yeah. Mysterio and Norman Osborn are in this movie. They are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's the best Joe Johnston film. Uh, I think. Mm, Captain America First Avenger. Yeah, it's the best Joe Johnston <laughs> film uh, because the there isn't a fourth act and all of the acts in the film are cohesive and make sense together. The Rocketeer. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. this is the best Joe Johnston <laughs> film. I love The Rocketeer, but I, I will stand by. Look, I the know. guys only made like eight actual <laughs> movies and half of them are garbage. Jurassic so, Park 3. No, yeah. <laughs> October Sky is the best. <laughs> Guys, be um, careful. He might start following us. <laughs> <laughs> Nutcracker in the Four Realms. Um, oh, God. Oh, that one hurts. Man. Um, anyway, yeah, Jake Gyllenhaal's performance is amazing. Chris Cooper's performance is amazing. It's a really wonderful, heartwarming story. Um, the His Wolfman's pretty good. Yeah, yeah that's, it is true. Uh, actually, yeah, 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 yeah. Emily Blunt's in it. Um, He's had a rough go. Yeah, he's at a rough go. Really, Brian? Oh. Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Honey, I Shrunk the Kids is great. October <laughs> Sky <laughs> is the best Joe Johnston. Like, <laughs> did you get that? Um, so yeah. Anyway, it's it's really wonderful. Great story about some kids who uplift themselves with their education out of being stuck working for the company. Um, so yeah, really, really good. Yeah, it's a fun movie. Ryan, you're number one. Uh, we've already talked about it. It's Toy Story 2. That's not changed. Man, what a great choice for a number one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it deserves to be on everybody's list. Oh, yeah. Well, so. I think it was. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm, I really like for the those mommy. of you listening at home, Ryan has been distracted because his son just dumped a bunch of water all over Zach's stuff. <laughs> 
Well, but Toy Story Two. I don't think um, you dumped any of my stuff. No, no, we're good. Coming back around two. Um, is to me is you mentioned it before. It's where Pixar became an uh, animation studio and put out good films, mm-hmm. where they started transcending the um, the industry. Where now you expect it from Pixar to not only produce great films, but to have some emotional weight to them. Mm-hmm. And you know, this is one of the earliest films I can remember actually crying in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, in a the theater at the time when you're a senior in high school, you're like, I'm not crying. Fuck you guys. Uh, I can't wait to get out here and go watch Phantom Menace. I'm going to lift some weights. Yeah. <laughs> um, lift weights I, and I watch for- Phantom Menace. <laughs> I forget. So Toy Story was their first one. Then A Bug's Life. Toy Story 2. Oh, okay. So this was their third. Which yeah. is amazing to think that this was supposed to be a direct-to-video for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's just everybody on top of their game. And, you know, each Toy Story ups the ante a lot. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a remarkable series, and this one is a great film, and, yeah. uh, and even the advancement when you watch the first Toy Story in their animation and uh, uh, design, it, it is second to none. Because um, yeah. you know when you watch the first Toy Story, Sid looks a little weird. Yeah. Um, Overall, like I recently wa- rewatched one and two, and the graphically the the leap uh, between those and three. Um, you're you, like you. You just don't remember it being so simple. Yeah. Um, and like, not to say poorly rendered, but just like. But no, it's what it really. It looked is, realistic when you first saw it, but now it's yeah. like kind of silly. It's the lighting. I think the lighting in the films have gotten so good. And the texturing. Uh, yeah. The yeah. you know, Kelly brought up in Toy Story Four the rain scene. I mean, there's they do elements. You know, where you see the raindrops falling on them and being absorbed into the clothes, and just look at the difference between uh, Rat- the beginning of Ratatouille versus Sid's dog. Yeah, yeah. Like, the way hair oh, yeah. changes is Sid's dog looks like a like a rubber toy. His name's <laughs> Scud. Yeah. <laughs> you know what else I forgot to mention on Toy Story Four is it's the first Toy Story that doesn't start with like an imagination sequence. Yeah. Uh, which I I missed. Yeah. But yeah, no. But Toy Story Two is an amazing film, and it should be on everybody's list. And if it's not on your list, you're stupid. <laughs> wow, that's, that's me. Well, it's Zach's on my stupid list. Stupid Eastman. So <laughs> yeah. Oh wait, no. My name is fucking Eastman. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Thanks for listening again to Film Explosion. Do oh. we have any people who wrote in? We yeah. do. Oh, we yep, do. We got my, some people. My mom. My mom squeezed uh, an email in here at the very last minute. Uh, so. Okay. <clears throat> This is this one's in a word doc, so it's a little harder for me to read. Okay. Uh, hello, real nerds. Uh, oh my! <laughs> oh, thank you. Uh, oh my goodness! I can't believe I'm even t- uh, talking to you guys after making me play that awful game in the 400 episode. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were going to make me talk, and I was prepared to just say, "This is Kara Hart, and you're listening to the Real Nerds podcast." Done. This is going to be re- a really lame list. I just saw last night that you were doing a film explosion this weekend. Uh, thought you would be doing it tomorrow or Sunday. Just happened to text James about the movie Armstrong to the Moon and Back and asked if he was doing uh, going to be doing the podcast. Uh, he's been a little distracted for a few weeks. The Why truth is, I don't know. Uh, the truth is that I don't know or that I don't have any, any excuse for not having a good list ready. I told myself that I would go ahead and do 1999 right after 1989, but I have a life. <laughs> no, that's exactly what I did, Carol. <laughs> I'm already working on 2009, too. Carol, yeah. Carol's smarter than all of us. Uh, so, here we go. Number 10. 
The Mummy. This uh, this may uh, this probably made it because I haven't seen The Sixth Sense or something better. Oh, <laughs> it's okay. It's not on anybody's list. Uh, no, no. Uh, that's, that that's was because the first that movie PG is good th- once. That was the first PG thirteen movie I ever saw. I haven't rewatched oh, wow. it in a while. So, Man. and of course now every time I think of it, I think of Fifty First Dates. <laughs> 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 that is uh, a great gag in Fifty First Dates. Yeah, it is. <laughs> uh, number nine, Never Been Kissed, Sweet and Goofy. Number eight, Notting Hill, which got kicked off of my list. That's what I was wondering. I haven't uh, seen that movie saying. in a long time, so I yeah. didn't feel like I should put it on. Uh, the best romantic comedy of the year, as far as I know, we love Spike and his sh- t-shirts. Uh, number seven, October Sky, family favorite. Number six, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna editorialize this one a little bit. Number six, the uh, greatest film and personal masterpiece of David Lynch, The Straight Story. Uh, then my mom puts in here, tell him, James. Uh, yeah, the straight, <laughs> the straight Story is really great and the best film that David Lynch has ever made. Uh, maybe you're Henry crying. <laughs> your argument's weak because it wasn't on your list. Uh, hey, it's, it, hey, it might be. Here's the thing. It's the best film David Lynch has ever made. And it's not as good as any of the things on my list. Uh, number five, Double Jeopardy. Uh, this was such a surprise. The best way to see a movie is uh, is not knowing anything about it. Did you know that film had Oscar buzz? Really? That's strange yeah. to think of, but it did. Yeah, that's funny. I mean, it's a really good, like, um, you know, mystery cop sort of. With you a know. ridiculous premise at its heart. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it's okay. Once you get through that, like, it's a really cool little movie. Agreed. Um... Toy Story 2, plus, if they didn't spoil it in the trailer and you went into that movie not knowing, knowing the twist, yeah. it, it is an incredible... And that's why she puts it on there. They went into the movie knowing nothing. And uh. so when the twist happens, which is pretty early on, it was like a earth-shatteringly cool <laughs> moment. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. Um, that's, that's, that's I haven't seen it. I'll it. have to check it out. Uh, okay, Don't yeah, ruin you, it. Yeah, it's, no, a, I won't. it's a crime yeah. movie of the 90s. You should go into that movie assuming that it's The Fugitive. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, oh, it was a good one to do. It's the fugitive with a woman, so and then mm. yeah, you should see it. Is that the one with Angelina Jolie or something? Nope. nope. Okay, I don't know what I was thinking of. Yep, then. I'm not going to say anything else. You should see Double Jeopardy. It's cool. Okay. Um, number four, Toy Story two. Fuck yeah. Yep. Literally, that's all. It, that's all it says. <laughs> is yep. Uh, number three, Star Wars Episode one. Well, it was exciting to have Star Wars back. So many things to pull it down from there. So many things that Carol, pull it down from okay. there. Anyway, um, but three. I, I honestly Number two, wonder. Yeah, three. Like, can we start making liking the prequels cool again? Because I, I'm tired of all this prequel hate. Hey, I think there's a generation of kids that are going to make it cool again yeah. in like yeah. ten years. It's not. It's not about necessarily hating them. The most important thing right now is that we make liking Star Wars cool again. Yes. Because that's been the hardest part. Um, so, uh, number two, The Matrix, what can I say? It was so new, so yep, crazy. Me and Carol agree, number two. Yeah. And number one, The Green Mile. Mm. Yeah. Amazing. Uh, so, there you have it. The best I could do at the last minute. And I, and I do mean last minute. I just checked with James to see if you were still recording. Not that it would be terrible loss if you didn't, if or if you got this email too late. Uh, off to see Toy You're Story a Four. Champion today, sir. What? <laughs> he to say something nice, and he said, "Your mom's a good champion today." Aww, man. She's uh, seen Toy Story for the first time. Yeah, she's off to see Toy Story Four. Love you all, Carol. 
Good list, Carol. Still haven't seen it. Um, I've got. Okay. No, I haven't either. I've got two lists. Um, one from. Uh, hey, Henry. All right. Henry one from our friend Matt Willicks um, from the uh, uh, Static Creeps podcast. Cool. Um, his uh, in no particular order. Um, Boondock Saints, which I guess did come out. I, I did. It did. I do uh, remember. It did. Okay. Seen that. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, oh yeah. Uh, Detroit Rock City, which is a fun flick. Um, my wife loves that. My wife loves Kiss, so yeah. she likes that movie. It's a fun oh, yeah. flick if you like, even if you remotely like Kiss. Like it can be fun. It's kind of like fanboys for that, uh, for rock and roll. Yeah. Um, uh, Dogma, Drop Dead Gorgeous, which is a very good film, but I haven't watched it in a long time. Uh, Ghost Dog, another good film. Um, House on Haunted Hill remake. So hey, I've got a friend in, in Matt. Um, the Matrix, The Mummy, Office Space, and Toy Story 2. Uh, so Matt's better than me because he put Toy Story 2 on the list. Yeah, it sounds um, like they were pre- for pretty both. much everybody's and, uh, better than you, Zach. He, oh, Corinne! What is, what is My she? goodness! I said everyone's better than you. Oh, that's oh. The, that's an undisputed fact of life, my friend. Oh, um, Zach. Uh, it, it's, it's okay. Um, uh, and he wanted to do an honorable mention for Sleepy Hollow and The Thirteenth Warrior, which... Oh, I haven't seen Thirteenth Warrior. Uh, yeah. Sleepy Hollow, though, that's is a fun. Thirteenth Warrior is that like a Chinese film? Uh, no, Antonio Banderas uh, oh. fighting witches. Okay, uh, yeah. it's it's actually pretty dope. Antonio Banderas is always dope. <laughs> and then I have Henry's top five. All right, Henry, uh, but not his top. Ten. He only did a top five. Uh, his number five was Summer of Sam, which is a Spike Lee movie that I like, but I haven't seen in a while. That's why I didn't put it on my list. Yeah. Uh, analyze this, which I have never seen. Oh, you um, should. I know. I it, I probably will like it based on the premise. Uh, yeah. The Virgin Suicides. Um, that's a good film. Right. Blast from the Past. Another good Brendan Fraser movie. Yeah. Uh, Man, and, good year for him. And his number one is Fight Club, um, which I haven't watched in a while, so I could not tell you if it still holds up for it's me. It's the Scarface of 1999. It's the Fincher film I watched the least. Yeah. I've watched Gone Girl more than I've watched Fight Club. It's the Sixth Sense of Fincher films. <laughs> Okay. It's all, it's oh, all, guess, it's all yeah, about it's, the twist. You watch it once, and then when you watch it a second time, uh, you go. The fight, Fight Club, to me, is a lot like the Big Lebowski, where everybody ooh, loves it. Ooh, that's harsh. Man, that's me. Yeah. Everybody really likes it, and I go, yeah, the movie's good. But the Big Lebowski is good and fun, whereas Fight Club and The Sixth Sense are good the first time, and then once you know the twist, I, you watch it again and go. Oh. I think the six. If I remember Six Sense correctly, it's more fun than Fight Club. Fight Club's just is. angry but good. Yeah, and I think it's, I, it's I can't a watch very... Fight Club anymore because it is extremely angry. Yeah. yeah. Not it's gonna very... lie, if I'm dating a guy and he's like, "Yeah, my favorite movie is Boondock Saints or Fight Club," I'm just like, "All right, you're, you're deal right. breaker." Red flag. <laughs> it's, a, it's a moment where you realize you were never dating that guy. <laughs> No, not gonna lie. I did go out with a guy, and we were talking about our favorite movies. And he said something to the effect of how he had never seen a movie before, like 1980. And I'm like, "Yep, we're never going out again." Um, how do you live? I know, right? I'm That's like, a, absolutely. You're missing no out alien. on so much. Jaws, Star Wars. I mean, I'm thinking like Casablanca, but oh, okay. I agree. I was trying to pick the easiest, low, lowest hanging fruit. Um, um, we have also got some more lists. Um, cool. Uh, Ed Voorhees, um, uh, American Beauty. Uh, I just watched it. The Ooh, that's movie, weird to watch now. The movie has really changed since movie. I last watched it twenty years ago. Yeah, yeah, I, I remember liking it when I saw it, but it didn't stick with me, and it definitely doesn't stick with me now. That was the one that won the Oscar that year, right? Oh, yeah. yeah, it's a really depressing version of 
like the feather scene from the end of Forrest Gump. <laughs> and then uh, now it's a really depressing version of the feather scene from the end of Forrest Gump. Um, and then uh, I had one more list here, but um, Rad, Rad, do you have any lists? Did we get one from Henry? Oh, wait, I got one. Um, no, I already did Henry's. He did oh, okay. the top five. Oh, sorry. Um, that's what I was doing. Um, uh, my friend Tim, um, who I worked with at the movie theater, uh, his uh, top ten uh, in ascending order, number ten, American Beauty, number nine, Galaxy Quest, number eight, Arlington Road, number seven, South Park, Bigger, Longer, and Uncut, number six, Varsity Blues, which I have never seen, but that's a name I keep seeing pop up. Is that 99? Yeah, it's 99. Uh, the Matrix, number five. Number four, Dogma. Number three, The Thomas Crown Affair, which is a decent remake. Uh, number two, Fight Club. And number one, The Green Mile. Um, and then my friend Journey Ker- Jenny Kerstad said that Man on the Moon was one of her top five films. So, yeah. Ever or of the year? Uh, one of her top five films. She didn't say of the year or any of them. So I'm just quoting what she said. Okay. Uh, I would want to draw attention to two things. One. Uh, is that unfortunately I had to kick the hurricane off of my list in order to get the mummy and uh, mystery men on there, and the hurricane is fantastic. Yeah, so the hurricane is out. really good. Um, nobody put in. Well, nobody ever talks about the insider, but insider is really good. I'm Mike um, fucking Wallace. Also, Wild Wild West is an absolute piece of shit, but it came out this year, <laughs> and I think I may have seen it twice for some reason. We that was another one we watched a lot as a kid. I got a pair of sunglasses from the Burger King that were <laughs> Wild Wild West themed, and I thought they were super dope, and then I saw the movie. Ryan, you're weird like me and have listened to all the South Park commentaries, right? Yeah. Uh, do you remember when they were talking about how it's highly possible that all the kids just bought tickets to Wild Wild West and then snuck into South Park bigger, longer, and uncut? <laughs> I hope oh, so. Yeah. That yeah, is, yeah. I think that's why in the season three opener, the season four opener, whatever it is, they have Cartman doing the wiki wow, wiki wiki wow, wiki wiki wow, <laughs> because they were doing an homage to the fact that Wild 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 West probably led the way for them getting as many viewers as they did on the screen, even though it didn't translate to money. Mm-hmm. So interesting omission from Ryan's list. End of days. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, why? Um, I just rewatching them. I just reorganized them. It's like eleven or twelve. <laughs> I mean, it's not that. I mean, I, I do love the line "fucking choir boy." I think it was like choir boy to me. I think it was like your fifth or sixth. Uh, no, so it, it was, dropped pretty far. Nine. It was way at the nine. bottom. Yeah, okay. yeah. His his list, his top ten last time started as uh, "deep blue sea" and then "end of days." And watching, listening to it this time, I think I must have been having like an aneurysm the last time we did that recording. Like, yeah, is he pulling our leg? Is he just <laughs> listing like pretty shitty but kind of fun movies? Well, if you know anything about me and my film explosion list, I hardly ever go with critical darlings. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah no, mine no, no, are no. all about having fun. Yeah, and um, yeah, End of Days is a fun movie. Re-listening to that old episode, you guys kept talking about the thirteenth floor compared to the Matrix, and I had no idea what the fuck the thirteenth floor was, so I looked it up. It's and a really boring version of the Matrix. Yeah, I'm gonna watch this film because it's. I mean, this you should. This it just sounds interesting to me. The thirteenth floor is fascinating because it's mm. it's very similar to a Armageddon Deep Impact kind of thing, where <laughs> like the the actual. On the surface, the mind-blowing, like, oh, man, this world isn't our real world premise of The Matrix. The 13th Floor eats its lunch, except for the fact that no one saw the 13th Floor. Like, 13th Floor came out first and had the same idea, but, I mean, one of them is an awesome action movie with really coherent philosophy throughout the whole movie and, like, great craftsmanship, 
and the other one is the 13th floor yeah <laughs> and it, i mean gretchen mole is really good but you'll never like everything else about it is pretty lame mm. okay um, i have it on yeah. dvd any dishonorable mentions no i don't want to um do you want to know what the uh top five highest grossing movies of 99 were uh, the Matrix, nope. Star Wars. I know Star Wars well, is on there. Yeah, Star Wars number one. The Sixth Sense was number two. Uh-huh. Toy Story two, three. Austin Powers came in four, and The Matrix was fifth. Um, yeah, and the Blair Witch Project. Oh yeah, I bet. was. I remember seeing it being like, huh. That wasn't scary. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I love? I, we've interviewed the director of that, Dan Myrick, and his story about making it, to me, is awesome. way more fascinating than the actual film. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, that video game might be cool, though. Yeah. Did you see the trailer for the... Yeah. yeah. What? We'll see. Anyway. Yeah. Any dishonorable mentions for the year? <sighs> anyway, I, don't know if you, I don't know if you saw the remake for House on Haunted Hill. Um <laughs> <laughs> I looked through a list real fast. I didn't see anything that um, stood out to Muppets me. in Space is embarrassingly mm. bad. Mm. Like, I was 12, and I was disappointed. Well, I've by heard Muppets your review of it before when you were talking about Muppet Treasure Island. <laughs> so. uh, Muppet Treasure Island is fucking amazing. I know. And no, the best version movie. of Treasure Island. Uh, what about Treasure Planet, <laughs> a, James? Um, mm, Treasure Muppet <laughs> Treasure Island is fucking amazing and the best version of Treasure Island. James just really doesn't like Treasure Planet. Uh, <laughs> no, it's not. It's just that Muppet Treasure Island is better, like um, by a lot. I, I bought the. I was video never game. really into the Muppets as a kid. Yeah, I don't remember hating Muppets yeah. in Space, but I haven't watched it in a while. So there's a scene in the video game where uh, your character in Muppet Treasure Island, the game, gets thrown out of a window and you land in a um, uh, like a big pile of mud. And then they give you a sponge because your screen is covered in mud and you have to sponge off the screen. The game's real bad. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Dishonorable? Um, I don't like... I remember not liking Stigmata, but (laughs) I I haven't watched it in a while. Uh, (laughs) Uh, This is the year they gave us Baby Geniuses. Uh, The Baby Geniuses did better business than Blast from the Past, The Iron Giant, being John Malkovich, wow. Magnolia. Whole world's going to hell, guys. <laughs> wow. Bringing out the dead, Muppets from Space. Yeah. Election. That's why there's a sequel to it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 27 million. That was the bar. Wow. The world is not enough is okay. Oh, election is good. I wish I had gotten that on the list. That was on oh, my yeah. list previously. Was on your yeah. List. Yeah, yeah. Any reason why you took it off? Just... Um, I. I haven't watched it in a while. I haven't watched it in a while, and I enjoy other movies more. Recent <laughs> recent elections have really tainted the conversation. Also, the, um, the Matrix was successful with $171 million. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. that was... Um, this was the, the year that American Pie came out, which was a big deal culturally, yeah. but not something I return to very often. Yeah. Um, mm. I like Stifler. He's always still funny. I, I, I still think Eugene Levy's funny in those films, but I haven't yeah. watched him in a while, so... It's weird that ever thinking about those movies that I don't even know. I mean, we reviewed the fourth one on this show. That's right, American but, Reunion. Yeah, I like I'm, I, I'm, I've seen them all. Yeah, but I don't like. I don't even know that I've ever like sat down to watch any of them. Um, but the like any time I think of those movies, it it causes me it, like it gives me this very bizarre nostalgia. For a version of what I thought college would be like mm-hmm. when yeah. I was like twelve, 
you yeah. know like it's a very weird experience it, they're um, they're films that i have a hard time even wanting to revisit yeah just, yeah no, I, I think I'm they're sure, fun yeah i just i don't know just they're not as funny to me as they probably were i liked american reunion a lot when it came out yeah. though barely remember it all. I liked Eugene Levy's subplot in that film, trying to move on from his wife's death. I think that Bowfinger is probably a movie I'm supposed to appreciate a lot Bowfinger more. Bowfinger came remember. so fucking close. I think that's a great film. Yeah, I, I just fun. haven't seen it in 20 years. My oh, boy's in it. The yep. animated King and I came out this year, and that is trash. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, yeah. not, not the live-action one with Yul Brenner and Deborah Kerr. The animated... Piece of garbage. You right. remember was that the DreamWorks one? Yes. Yeah. And, but it's, also, it's, Anna and the King came out this year, and that's much better. It's <laughs> the, it's the like that was after the Prince of Egypt, right? I think so. Yeah. Prince of Egypt is a masterpiece. Yes. It is an underappreciated masterpiece of animation. It's the DreamWorks. It was like a big DreamWorks film, but then it's the moment before they start switching over to the was computer. Ninety eight, ninety seven. Yeah, right around there. Yeah. Because then after that they do, sh- did they do, did they do another one before they do Shrek, like the biblical one? I don't remember. Oh, um, they did have anyway. a Joseph Wing Commander. Movie. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Wing Commander. I saw that on the list. I have no idea what that is. <laughs> Freddie Prince that Jr. That is not the computer game with Mark Hamill. Yeah. No, 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 no. Did That's Freddie Prince Jr. Jr. flying a plane? Um, Office Space. Sadly, a hundred twenty-first. On the list with 10 million, now a cult classic. It's okay. It found popularity later on. Ooh, oh, Brendan movie. Fraser also did Deadly Do Right that year. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember seeing that. Wow, he did like four movies this year. Yeah, the year before, he did George of the Jungle. A movie I did want to put on my list is The Midsummer Night's Dream that they did yeah. this year. Hmm. God, that's so uh, good. Uh, Kevin Klein. Kevin Williamson's directorial debut, Teaching Miss Tingle, Mrs. Tingle, is pretty good, but it's not one I've revisited that often. It's like it's not really a. I thought it would be a horror flick when I first saw it, but it's more of like a black comedy. I think the talented Mr. Ripley is overrated and shitty. Yep, that's cool. Uh, Clint Eastwood had a film called True Crime. It's okay. It's not great. Moving on. What do you cool. see next week, guys? Yeah, uh, next week is The Lion King. Oh yeah! Will it roar or will it um, be part of the circle of life, or will it feel extremely familiar but pretty? Uh, that's pretty much consensus right now. <laughs> yeah, but we'll I've, see. I've uh, seen clips on the internet, and oh man, it looks really weird for their. Yeah, it's weird. Our reactions looks gorgeous. Our it's reactions like, may surprise you, and I despise surprises. <laughs> Jeremy Irons. That's really good. Yeah. Breakfast cereal. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> that's one of my favorite Family Guy gags mm. is Jeremy Irons' breakfast cereal. <laughs> All right. Until next yeah. week. Next week. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye. Looks like we may be out of black tomorrow night. We're pretty fucked. Why did our mothers start this war? What the fuck are they fighting for? When did this song become a marathon? When Canada is dead and poor, there'll be no more and serve it to a pig And though it hurts your life And does a dickless cheek But that's the way it goes In war you're shut up on Though you die Love is its scars Love is its Thank you for listening to this episode of Real Nerds Podcast Real Nerds Podcast is a production of Nebulous Visions Multimedia. 
Thank you to Sparks Mandrill and Plan 9 Studios for our kick-ass theme song. Also, if you're in the Denver area and you're looking for a cool place to see movies, we see them at the Alamo Draft House in Littleton and now also in Sloan's Lake. Thank you to Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics for supplying us with all our comic needs, especially you, Andrew. You know who you are. And a big shout-out to James's mom. I'm giving you an electronic hug that you can feel through the airwaves. Thanks for listening, and have a nice day.